And every time they catch him doing something like that, he gets another star. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, June 13th, 2013. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 521. This is No Agenda. Reading your emails so the NSA doesn't have to. From the Travis Heights hideout in Austin, Texas, the capital of the Drone Star State. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I can't even find my emails, I'm John C. Dvorak. <laughs> You know, I've, I've, I've really gotten into a squirrel mail. I know that's your uh, uh, the email uh, program of choice. Yeah. And have you, do you have the, the most recent version running on your server? I don't know. It's because uh, you can do a lot of cool things. Like what? Well, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of customization. Uh, yeah, I know that. It can, I've done that. No, nah, there's all these plugins. What version is this? What, what's the number? Let me see. I have version. I think it is the most. Hmm, where do I find the version? <laughs> I can't find it either on here. Uh, introduction. I know I can find. The, I, I I I I know I had the most recent one because it's on my own server, so upgraded. Why? That's weird. It should just say it here. Hold on a second. Well, it doesn't say it here, so Strange. I can't compare anything. Under so under help? No. Hmm. Oh, I can't find it. All right, I'll, I'll 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 look on the server after the show. But I'm, I'm like I'm pretty amazed. This thing is so lightweight, and even though I really like keyboard commands personally, um, it's pretty it's pretty impressive what it does. Looking under help, seeing if it's numbers. No, it's not under help. Nope. Mm -mm. Oh, what's the number? I don't know what the number is. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm asking it. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, Miss Mickey just said, uh, yes, she's right. She just texted me and said, you haven't tweeted yet! <laughs> Which means she's pissed because, uh, oh, what is going on here? Why is she be annoyed at all? Oh, I see what happened. So all my, uh, all my, oh, Twitter has changed their whole, uh, uh, screw that. So I think today is Armageddon Day where everyone's uh, Twitter client that isn't approved just stops working. Oh. Yeah. Well, I just use Twitter on the web. I don't... Yeah, no, but I have a, I have a command line Twitter, which uh, which I always like just, just, you know, it's kind of running continuously and I can see stuff as it scrolls by. It's a really, it's a really nice version, the TTY Twitter or whatever it's called. Hold on, let me do it like this. No, I don't use that. Oh, I did. I did nice. open Twitter though, and I read and uh, Dr. Kiki Stanford. Stanford oh, oh my Stanford. goodness! Did you see her with Al Gore? No. Yeah. <laughs> she, with Al Gore. She, yes, he did a Google Hangout with Al Gore. Oh God! And and I, and, I, and, I, and someone I tweeted about it, and I'm like, because you know, uh, shut up already! It's science. And, uh, I, and I, if she wasn't for global warming, oh not, yeah. Oh, I tried to watch it, John. I could, I, I couldn't even. I couldn't sit through it. It's like, oh wow! In my, there we go. In my entire career, you know, I have been following the climate for twenty years. Is that what Gore says? No, that's what Doctor Kiki said. What about Gore? Did he get to talk? Oh yeah, no, yes, it was his thing, and he's like, it was him and Jeff Skoll, the guy who did the Inconvenient Truth movie with him, and uh, and then you know some lucky people who were allowed to talk to the former vice president. This whole thing was just—he's like. There's a push right now. There's a big push 
I know. She, I, I'm telling you, we talked about this before, and you know what my thesis is, which is that they've got to get this done before the numbers reverse. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So here's uh, – it's funny because I just clipped Robert Redford, and he's he's really pushing Hello, it. Hello, I'm Robert Redford. Record-setting heat and drought, rising sea levels, and severe weather events like Hurricane Sandy. You got to look at this video. It's in the show notes, of course, 521.nashownotes.com. So first of all, it's, it was not Hurricane Sandy. It was not classified. It was a superstorm, which was another f- cool new name. But his video is just filled with big ocean spray crashing over roadways. And it's just <laughs> the whole thing is just like <laughs> you're going to the ocean is eating you alive. Climate change is happening fast. Fast. No, in fact, it's not happening fast. This is the problem. <laughs> We've got to stop making the problem worse. And that means reducing carbon pollution from its biggest source, coal-fired power plants. Ah, there it is. It's harming our environment. And our communities. And and this is interesting where he actually says what is going to happen, what we've discussed on the show. Even so, Congress has refused to take steps that would protect us from climate change. The good news is that President Obama has pledged to act. And he has the power to do it. We will respond to the threat of climate change. That's very interesting. What is he, the dictator? Yeah, well, no, it's the EPA. The EPA can close down all coal-fired uh, power plants. That is what is going to happen. Knowing that the failure to do so would betray our children and future generations. Through the Environmental Protection Agency, the president can require dirty coal plants to cut carbon pollution. Dirty. Replacing dirty fuels with clean power and energy efficiency is going to create jobs, oh. boost the economy, oh. and save us money. I don't think that's going to happen. It's going to save us it's money. It's not going to save us money. <laughs> it's not going to save us money. But it will protect us, as he said, from climate change. Now, there's only one thing that will protect you from climate change. That's right. Go to sleep. Stay asleep. Stay asleep. As long as you're napping, you are helping the environment. That is that is the no agenda way. Just nap for humanity, everybody. So can I ask you a question? Yes, of course. What makes Bill Clinton the father of the year? <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> Was he sharing Coke with his daughter? Was that the deal? <laughs> make your father of the year. Yeah, yeah. Well, I saw your answer. Uh, you you gave someone the answers of what that is all about. So I don't want to blow your punchline unless you've got something else going on. No, what did I say? You said this is all just a setup to make his crummy wife look bad. <laughs> yeah, <that laughs> I think that was your right. exact words. It's that's true. Right. Those those two hate each other. They do. This is his way of of noodling her. Yeah, it's definitely a way crummy wife. <laughs> yeah. a way to make his crummy wife look bad because she's obviously not the world's greatest mom. This is exactly what you tweeted. I saw. I, I think I saw it somewhere. But yeah, it's like, and and who gave? And it's funny. I didn't even track this story. I'm like, oh, whatever. But did you read who gave him the award and who does this? And I got the clip here. Oh no. No, not a clip. I'm sorry. I have the the, the article. Mm. Bill Clinton was named Father of the Year by the National Father's Day Committee. Oh, <laughs> those as guys. The former leader was celebrated by family and friends for his accomplishments as a dad. Right. Well, they should have had more kids then, but I guess Hillary <laughs> wasn't the motherly type. <laughs> 
Yeah. Meanwhile, and then to insult her even more, this was on, uh, what was this? This is on one of the news services. New York Daily News. To insult Hillary even more, they have a side-related article. Mm-hmm. Ready? Mm-hmm. About Hillary? Mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton joins Twitter. She says she's a hair icon. Yeah. So we have that. That's the, the you know, the comparison. And pantsuit it's, aficionado. Yes. So it's a comparison of... Bill, the good dad, and Hillary, the the vain, <laughs> vain lady. Well, you know, there's a scandal right now brewing around her. Quite a serious one that I, I think is, uh, it, it, well, it definitely involves her, you know, her, um, her detail, her security detail, um, as CBS News reported, engaged in... Uh, uh, hiring prostitutes anywhere while they were on the road. And the problem, according to the DSS, Department of Secret Services, and they're the ones that have oversight over the Secret Service, said the problem was endemic. So, so like, it, it just... Did you, did you see this this true whistleblower? Did you see this woman on uh, CBS? No, I, I missed this one. Yeah, I think this got snowed under, and, and maybe a lot of this noise we're seeing right now is to dis- detract or distract from this. So this woman, she is uh, a part of the uh, Inspector General's office. She's a member of the Inspector General's office, very frustrated that all these things they found in the State Department under Hillary's command, uh, everything got buried. They were told to shut up, to drop it, go away. The interesting thing is that this... I think that includes that sexual harassment scandal. Yes? Oh. When the lesbians were harassing the men. No, that's Department of Homeland Security. Oh, okay. But, what am I thinking? But th- yeah, the different department with lesbians. But this woman looks like, and and, and I'm just go- I'm totally generalizing. Totally, I have no proof other than she looks like a dyke. I, I just I'm just going to be honest and say it. It almost looks. It sounds almost like jilted lover thing. I don't know what's going on. But when I saw this report, which has gotten no play other than the one report CBS did, and and I'll tell you, it involves uh, pedo bear in Brussels. Aurelia Fedenison was an investigator for the State Department's internal watchdog agency, the Inspector General. We also uncovered several allegations of criminal wrongdoing in cases, uh, some of which never became cases. In each case, DSS agents told the Inspector General's investigators that higher-ups told them to back off. We were very upset. We expect to see influence, but the degree to which that influence existed and how high up it went was very disturbing. Perhaps the most striking instance where agents told the IG they were told to stop investigating was the case of a U.S. ambassador in a sensitive diplomatic post suspected of patronizing prostitutes in a public park. The State Department Inspector General's memorandum refers to the 2011 investigation into the ambassador who routinely ditched his protective security detail, (laughs) investigators suspected, to solicit sexual favors from prostitutes. Sources told... I mean, not only is he having sex with prostitutes, but he's, he's asking for favors, meaning he's not paying? I mean, that's horrible. CBS no, News. I don't think that's what he means. Well, I'm just saying. The ambassador was called to a meeting in Washington with Patrick Kennedy, Undersecretary of State for Management, but was allowed to return to his post. Uh-huh. You have 
a lot of what we refer to as hostile intelligence services in that city. Um, I would be very surprised if some of those entities were not aware of the activities. So, yes, it presents a, a serious risk. Yeah, so this is Howard... Hold on a second. They didn't name the city, but what do you think it is? I think it's Moscow. No, no, it, it, it's now known. It's come out oh. it's, uh, since this. It's Brussels. Oh, it was old Brussels. Howard, There's a lot of hookers in Brussels? Oh, John, Brussels is where everyone... Every This guy lives in a palace in Brussels. Ah. And I, Howard Gutman is the ambassador... Okay. And I'm familiar with him because he's been on some Belgian TV shows. I tried to clip something, but you really have to understand the nuance of the Dutch language, even though they spoke English. It just wasn't worth it for the show. But when he, you know, he and Clooney is hanging out, visiting this picture. Clooney's hanging out. Yeah. So are these male <laughs> prostitutes? Well, the the rumors are that it's underage prostitutes. Males uh, or females? That is not clear. That is not clear. Um, but the the guy, he was a huge Hillary donor. That's how you become an ambassador, you see. Is you, you, yeah, that's you, what I think. You're a bundler. Uh, it was you, John Doerr who kept, uh, he keeps donating to the various, uh, he always donates to the yeah. wrong guy. <laughs> you you got to do, do it to the right guy. But he wants to be the ambassador to France. Oh, so he can ride his bike on the Tour de France? I whatever yeah so this is what those douchebags want sorry Gutman M A N G U T M A N Gutman Howard Gutman and he was a bundler for Hillary Clinton so this is they've they've really hushed this up and what I hear this woman saying is you know this came from all the way at the top in other words Hillary said shut Hillary. up yeah shut up make it go away and and I don't know it's just it had there's a the whole thing has a dikey connotation to it like okay, some I'm, lesbian you know, you know, suppose you can tell by looking at I'm looking at his pictures. Yeah. He definitely he definitely looks like a He's creepy, right? Creepy, yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple of links in the show notes where you should you should definitely take a look at that including the uh, the interview of Gutman and his wife. Um and the guy even says weird stuff in that interview like, you know, yes, well you know, we sleep on the first floor. The security detail's not there, but they wouldn't be disturbing us anyway. We've been married for a long time. It's like, what? What kind of bull crap are you talking? It was really weird. But anyway, so that... He, that, he, he has a bad look. It doesn't look right. <laughs> no, but, but this is what's going on. This is a true scandal, and it involves, certainly involves Hillary. N no one can use that. You know, so who knows why things get thrown up all of a sudden? This this seems pretty big. CBS did like a six minute report on this. It was pretty big, um, and it hasn't gone anywhere. No, <laughs> you didn't hear you about think it. Fox, I didn't even hear of it. And I'm pretty. I'm trying to stay keep my ear to the yeah. ground. No, 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 nothing at all. Nothing at all. This is nutty, nutty, interesting. Yeah. Well, well, well. talking about screwed up. Uh, politicians. I got. I do have a. Before we get into the meat of the show, I do have a. A drunk or not drunk. Oh, hold on a second. Let's uh, get That's our... Uh, now we have to do this the... This is uh, a Pat Leahy. Drunk or not drunk. Who is this? Pat Leahy. Oh, good old Pat Leahy. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to tell me what do you think. Is he drunk or not <laughs> drunk? Does he's, he's, you know, chairing a committee. And uh -huh. Here he goes. Okay. Drunk. And then Senator Grassley, and I'll get the last word, and we'll have a roll call vote on final. <laughs> Senator Coons. 
Senator Flake, rather, Senator Flake. Uh, just needed to file a statement for the record with regard to Flake number three, the amendment to clarify uh, something on it. Is that okay? Thank you, and, and that will be done. I also, um, without, while everybody's here without objection, <laughs> I'd ask that the Senate Legislative Council be given permission to make the usual technical and conforming changes to the bill as amended. <laughs> No objection to that uh, objection, Senator Coons. Okay. Um, no, he's not drunk. He's slathered is what he is. He's completely. Just play that little beginning again. He's completely obliterated. Now, that, that beginning is really good. Hold on a second. Here we go. Uh, um, uh, S- uh, Senator Cornyn and Senator Grassley, now I'll give the last word. Uh, yeah. uh, 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 he's just tired. He's just tired. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been watching you know, uh, F, outgoing FBI director Robert Mueller is uh, on the hill today being and in one this whole you know we have to stop because what happens is we get some kind of you know scandal and then within a day everyone's like it's like it's like what do they send a memo out and everyone changes their calendar or or did they already have all these hearings scheduled? I mean, it's immediately like, oh, oh, come to the hill. And everyone's up there, and they, everyone's got time. What are they doing all? They're just waiting for the next scandal or something? Well, they they don't have to wait long. No, no. I mean, but, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's like, wow, that's all. It's part of the big show. And then it turns out that, uh, as we saw with the General Alexander, the, uh, the Fuhrer of the National Security Agency, the, the, the real show is happening today in secret. I also believe, you know, we had this debate several times. And Senator Durbin brought it up from 2001 on. And this is one now where we need to bring out, because of these leaks, the rest of the story, show what we do, what it protects the country from, and have the debate. Does it make sense? And so that's part, in order to do that, I think what we have to give you is the rest of that data. Tomorrow, we'll put that in a classified session, but the intent would be to try to get as much out public so that everybody has the information where we can. And the reason that I hesitate a little bit here is I don't want to make a mistake that causes the statements that I have for our country to lose some form of protection and we get hit with a terrorist attack because I may, made that mistake. Or Muslims riot around the world. I mean, anything could happen. But the whole, but so, the, what is he doing there at all? If the real information is going to be in a classified secret setting, this is insulting. Especially after I watched two hours of that crap, just to hear that there was another one today that we can't that we can't watch. If you have nothing to hide. <laughs> Then why don't they, why don't you just declassify everything? No one's got anything to hide, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know he. Uh, what, what's his first name? Hamilton. Alexander. It's Alexander. Uh, no, it's George Alexander. George. Kyle. It's, it's not George. It should be George. George Alexander is a cool general. General George Alexander. Oh, give me his name quick. I don't know his name quick. It's um. um uh, <laughs> why don't you consult the book of knowledge? Uh, Alexander, maybe uh, Adolf Alexander. That would that would be snappy. Would have a nice ring to it. And we could call him um, here. Here, Jeb- NSA chief. Yes. What's his name? 
Keith. I told you it was Kyle. Okay. Uh, here, it, it, the reason, the only reason I'm looking this up is because uh, there's a real funny quote, which I think that this guy, by the way, was the guy responsible for uh, the original warrantless wiretap idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he's been doing it forever. And and he and every time they catch him doing something like that, he gets another star. <laughs> yes, I swear to God. Yeah, if yeah. You, all people yeah. should go to the Wikipedia page of Keith B. Alexander and look at his medals. And I, there's two. One thing comes up in the in the conversation is why does he own a? Uh, he's wearing all these uh, this you know these braids and ribbons, mm -hmm. and he's got the Royal Norwegian Order of Merit Grand <laughs> Officer Award. And is he wearing it? Yeah, these are the ones he's wearing. <laughs> does it does it smell of fish? <laughs> I don't. Did you did you see the? Why does he have this award? Because he's well. He's, I don't know. Did you see the clip that our producer made for us of C-SPAN of the Colin show? Did you have time to check that out? No, I didn't. Oh, so this is uh, if Do you, you have a clip of the clip. Yeah, of course I got a clip of the clip. Oh, but before you go on, I want to. I, it's like I got to. Well, it's about him. It's it's about. Oh, okay. Uh, well, let me just about say Kyle. Kyle about Alexander. Statements to the public. In July 9, 2012, he says, we do not hold data on U.S. citizens. Uh, in this one here, in March uh, 2012, those who want to weep the story about that we have millions of hundreds of millions of dossiers on people is absolutely false from my perspective. This is absolute nonsense. Do these guys ever get uh, – if they're talking in front of Congress and they say stuff like this, how come – None of these guys get busted for doing for lying, and Clapper would be oh. one of them. Well, here's Clapper lying, both, which is what no, no, reason upset no. About this I'm week. sorry, I'm sorry. He did not lie. Clapper right, did not lie. No, no, no. Let's let's get let's be very children, uh, parents who are listening to this show. If you have a child with you right now, uh, under ten, this is a very important lesson about the truth. And about lying from people who are in positions to be leaders of the of the country at large and of the community and are an example for your children. So please, kids, listen. If you uh, if someone says you were lying, and you know that you maybe kind of weren't something, here's how you say it. I have great respect for Senator Wyden. I thought, though, in retrospect, I was asked, when are you going to start stop beating your wife kind of question, which is meaning not um, answerable necessarily by a simple yes or no. So I responded in what I thought was the most truthful or least untruthful manner. By there you go. The least untruthful manner. It's funny you got that clip. It's not funny. It's disgusting is what it is. Why don't they throw the book at these people? I mean, they put Martha Stewart, of all people, in, <laughs> in jail. jail. <laughs> and why aren't people outraged? Why aren't they in front of, uh, you know, tracking this guy and waving banners in his face? Why? Because this is not really the message. This is not what the slaves are told to do. This is not what is on television. This is not what's being televised. And the people who are listening to this podcast... You know, they got jobs. They got other things to do. This is what students are supposed to do. The students are are, are losers. Lame. Yeah, they're, lame. they're all broke, <laughs> the, the, by the way. They're lame. <laughs> on the Wall Street... When I was a kid... Pardon the F, please. Yeah, go ahead. When I was a kid, we wouldn't put up with this. No. No, you... you Kent State? On the... On, on the C-SPANs, 
and I love it because they, they, they do have a pretty good clipping uh, system that you can use and you can title it whatever you want, which is pretty funny when someone then sends you the link and it says, Shill, NSA Shill calls up. <laughs> um, and this is indeed an NSA Shill calls up on that, that morning call-in show, the Washington Journal, I think is what right, it's called. where the guy calls in. Yeah, well, Republican no, line, the public, independent line. No, this is the Democrat line. And this woman, who claims uh, later in uh, in her little spiel here that she has above top secret clearance, I want you to hear. This is how um, people in your government not just feel about um, Kyle Alexander, but worship him. I, she licks his boots. Numbers are watched. Numbers are you know there's millions and millions and millions of things. If if you see one tagged as linked to a number overseas that has been linked to terrorist activity, then they look at it closely after they go to the FISA court. At some point, people are going to have to trust that their government is full of incredibly responsible, brilliant, and trustworthy people like General Alexander, which is why he is the director of the NSA and has been for almost, I think, eight years now. Um, people are going to have to accept that there are super smart people that do understand the technology, but respect the <laughs> civil liberties and will not be digging into their per- their personal information. No, wait, no, no. Okay, so first Unless of all, they have to. No, no, it gets better. So she's so she's very condescending. Like there are people who do understand the technology. Oh, I'm sorry. I, let me just go back to my loser corner here because I don't understand the technology. All right. And uh, why don't you tell me about, you know, your government? So she is so, this is the hubris and the insanity. And, of course, there are incredibly smart people working in government and very loyal and patriotic people. All of them listen to this show. And we'll have plenty of that later on. But this woman, it is sickening to hear what she's about to say. The thought that, that the government has time to read your chit-chat with your, you know, brothers and sisters is crazy. Oh, the government has no time to listen to your chit-chat with your brothers and sisters. That's crazy. We don't care about you, you stupid slave. We're we're too busy fighting terrorists. Isn't that what she just said? I would say that's that's a summary that you could justify. It doesn't stop there. But, but Mary, on the other side, do you see... Do you see how some people would find this creepy and unsettling? You know, if they're not, I, I firmly believe, um, and I'm a Democrat through and through. No but kidding. I firmly believe, having grown up in this world, and I'm still in this world, and I'm still exposed to the inside of what's going on, which most people aren't, the, the idea that the government would take the time to dig into personal stuff unless there was truly an, a, a very strong indicator <laughs> that that communication uh, was tracked back to already identified problems. She can't even work her way out of her own bullcrap at this point. Well, a couple of things I want to say right here. We've had Benny, who is one of the whistleblowers, talk about this, and it's been talked about before. 
it's considered a violation, a gross violation to discuss anything if you're an agency, especially if you're above top secret, with the media. This is She's either doing this because she was told to do it and given a script and given the okay, or she should be fired tomorrow. Oh, she's doing it because she was told to do it. There's, no, there's no doubt about that. And here, she can't do what she's doing. And so she goes on for like eight minutes. But here is something very interesting. And we're going to see, and I think one of our producers actually emailed us this. I don't know if you were copied on it. Said, you watch. This is going to change um, the way the military-industrial complex works. And now we, instead of contractors, because, of course, it's a contract. It's a big problem. It's a contractor. No, you see, the contractor, yeah, we have to deal with this issue, which means we're going to be employing people full-time. This is a, and so a con, it'll be, like deputization of, I mean, they're going to come up with some crazy thing that, trust me on this, benefits the uh, industrial complex. Um, some of our viewers, some of our Twitter followers have asked the question in an incredulous way, which in, is, how could... What does that mean, incredulous way? What does it mean? It means, what? <laughs> okay. What? What? General Alexander not know that Edward Snowden had access to all of this. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Edward Snowden is a tiny, tiny, tiny little actor in General Alexander's world. Oh, excuse me. Oh, my God. That's horrible. <laughs> tiny, tiny little. He's less than... Hey, all you people working there as contractors or second... You got the clearances and all, but you're a loser. <laughs> you, you, you are like... You are less... You are you less are a tiny ant. Just no, you are less than the poop that comes out of the ant's butt. That's how small and sorry for laughing about you, you little tiny insignificant peon you, but that's how we feel about you here at the top. Um I I think that is I don't know. I'm sorry I'm laughing, but um the But that's what we do all she's the time. A terrible spokesperson. She's blowing it. Yeah. The she fire her for being incompetent. I wish he would get his clearance is attached to the contract that he was on. Now, you hear this? Very interesting. So the clearance was attached to the contract that he was on, and they're going to have to um, deal with this, which means more money for somebody. Which would call for certain types of people with certain skills, and they would be hired with those skills. And in his case, based on clearances that had been um, given to him in previous positions, so, um, you know, there's uh, probably that's something that really needs to be looked at. Mm -hmm. uh, this is this is she's this is stupid that what she's doing. Yeah, she could have gotten out of that question. She's obviously gotten full of herself. She would have gotten out of the question by saying, well, yeah, because the question was, how did he not know? Well, the, the reason he didn't know is because there's 500,000 of these people who have these sorts of clearances, <laughs> and there's no way he knows them all. He doesn't yeah. know try, more than a few. Right, try two million. So what and, do you do? So when you're And then it, you just drop it. You don't go on explaining ah. it like this. This is idiotic. So when this happens, what, what are you trained to do, or what is someone who is trained telling her to do at this moment, go back to the talking points? Just dump out of whatever you do. So she's, you're right. She's off the rails. Dump out of it. Go back to the talking but points. You're never going to completely. What we call it the insider threat. You're, you're never going to be completely uh, able to. Um, 
So let's just let's just note that name. We call it the insider threat. Just stick that in the back of your mind. I think that'll be coming up somewhere later when we figure out how we're going to if stop you back this. Back it off just a second. You can you can tell that either someone's telling her. Yeah, to her yeah, someone's because she's distracted. She's not yep. rattling off crap anymore. Exactly. She's, huh? Yeah. What? Yeah. No. It's huh? the, the oh, souffleur. Okay. The souffleur is right there. We call it the insider. I have to go back a little bit more. I heard it too. Yeah. That really needs to be looked at. But you're never going to completely. There it is. There it is. <laughs> insider threat. Well, we call it the insider totally threat. You're, you're never going to yeah. completely. Yeah. Back to the talking points. Uh, able to. You're screwing it up. Um, know what to. Oh, she's totally like someone's writing something down. She's like, um, um, okay. Someone's yeah. heart in terms of like if, if they think that this process is is bothersome. Um, Back to the talking points. Now, he, now, now, now she's dumping. Gibberish. She's dumping now. That's a hard thing to sort of clear someone about, but that is probably something that's going to be be looked at more closely. Uh -huh. We encourage independent-mindedness and concern for civil liberties in this country, and that's a really healthy thing. There's the talking points. Yeah, here it comes. Um, but there's a balance, and the president said that last week. There is a balance between security and civil liberties. No, no, I'm sorry. There's no balance at all between civil liberties and securities. Or or is there, John? Because we have to admit words matter, and we, we listen on this show very closely to what people said. And as I was uh, listening to a General Carl uh, uh, Alexander, I heard him say something that I had to listen, I had to go back and listen to it three times to make sure I heard what he was saying. We need trained and ready forces. I think that is one of the most important things that Congress expects of me, of Cyber Command and of NSA, to, within the department, to create trained and ready forces that are trained to a higher standard, both on the defense and on the offense, those capabilities that our nation needs that are trained to that standard, that know how to operate lawfully to protect American civil liberties and privacy. Really? We need to protect our civil liberties from privacy. Is that is that what he just said? Play it again. So it sounds like what he said. <laughs> American civil liberties and privacy. Yeah, from privacy. He's saying from privacy. I'm quite sure of it. Lawfully to protect American civil liberties and privacy. Is he saying and privacy or from privacy? I think he he doesn't know. I think he wanted to say and, but from came, from came, out. came out. So it came out from fram, fram. <laughs> to protect American civil liberties and privacy. Yeah, I, I I'm sorry. I I I think he's what the heart is full of. The the mouth uh, overflows yeah, it with. Blurted out eventually. Yeah, it Known just happens. Fact. You you can't you can't help it. But the, you have to tell. Yeah, people. Are, I'm going Unless to, you're a psychopath, but I'm going to. I'm, I think I'm going to have a very to plotting character. I want to mention something about him that's mentioned in the Wikipedia page. Yes, yes. Tell yes, me, yes. you find this a little peculiar? Hmm. Uh, let me get to his his education. No, he went to American University. Let me guess, Georgetown. No, no, no. This is not, not that off the wall. It's not that bad. But West Point is where he got a lot of his stuff. Um, where's the one here? Well, that's interesting. I must have moved it to a different section. Let me see if I can find it again. Uh, huh. Uh, no, I just could go on. I can, <laughs> Shall I do a little gone. dance? Shall it's, I do a little, little dance? tidbit is now disappeared. All right. Well, I'm going to get ready because I think with this next clip, you just might have to award me. 
And I and I declined it. Oh, now the oh, oh, the old setup. Is, this isn't T-ball. <laughs> yeah, it is. This is our um, our vice president, known as Joseph O. Biden, in 2006. Uh, so this is uh, uh, then Senator O. Biden under the uh, George W. Bush Bush regime. Because let's be honest, you need to call these things regimes like we do other nations. And here is what he discussed when it came to the exact same people, the same players, uh, General um, uh, Constance Alexander with the uh, illegal wiretapping. And you just got to love Joe. I don't have to listen to your phone calls to know what you're doing. If I know every single phone call you made, I'm able to determine every single person you talk to. I can get a pattern about your life that is very, very intrusive. And the real question here is, what do they do with this information that they collect that does not have anything to do with Al-Qaeda? And we're going to trust the president and the vice president of the United States that they're doing the right thing. Don't count me in on that. Do I get it? Do I get it or not? It's not not worthy? No. Now, here it is. Let me play this. I want you to just tell me what's wrong with this picture when I read this little paragraph about his education. Okay. Alexander worked on signals intelligence at a number of secret national security agency bases in the United States and Germany. I didn't know we had them all over the place. Oh, yeah, sure. He earned master's degrees in electronic warfare, physics, National Security Strategy and Business Administration from Boston University in 1978. Ready? Mm, yeah. In 1978, are you telling me you could get a master's degree in electronic warfare? Um, 1978? Electronic warfare, sure. When they had what? extension. In 1978? Yeah, they had extension cords. <laughs> electronic well, warfare. That's electrical warfare. Oh, but isn't electronic warfare, isn't that wiretapping and bugs and, and actual wires running out of lamps and stuff? Well, it implies, you know, a cyber crime. No, cyber I don't think so. I don't, I don't think it. In, however, I don't believe this existed. I think this is a hoax. Now, did you, did you want, no. Did you watch this uh, this uh, this C-SPAN thing with uh, with this blue ribbon panel led by the biggest moron I've ever seen? Her name is Senator Mikulski. Yeah, Mikulski. She is a moron. <laughs> well, I, and, you think she's dumber than Feinstein? I don't think so. Oh, oh. She I sounds ha- just like Feinstein, I, by I, the way. I got a couple of clips. And so this is the opening of this, com- which not a lot of people saw. And this is why we watch C-SPAN. And just listen to, she's reading because she has no idea what she's talking about. Zero idea. The woman should be voted out of office and certainly should not be leading any committee that has anything to do with anything important. She's a moron. I am opening a hearing on cybersecurity. Uh, let me get, well, cybersecurity. We are going to examine the efforts to protect the American people from cyber threats. To Don't you protect- think he sounds a little like Feinstein? Yeah, f- plus 20 years. With the gravelly, yeah, yeah plus yeah, 20 yeah. years. Yeah, she does. Our domains of .mil, .gov, and .com. we got to protect the domains, John. The domains of .mil, .gov, and .com. .edu, .org, pound sand, bitches. We need to make sure that... Hey, d- .tv, screw you. The American people know what our programs are, know what we're spending our money for, 
and also to make sure. And, and, and the grammar of these people, what we're spending our money for, what are you, 12 women? <laughs> or that we make wise use of taxpayer no. dollars so that there are no techno boondoggles. Techno boondoggles. <laughs> Yay. Potential. This is the kind of person I want running my country. We hope to make sure we know how to help the private sector and to protect dot com by real information, uh, <laughs> real time information. I mean, do, do you understand? I can't just let this pass. We <laughs> must protect dot com. Okay, is that is that like what are you the DNS uh, guardian of the DNS? You can't. I wonder which, if, how many of these people, if you grilled them and asked them what DNS, even even what the acronym stood for. Oh, not, she's no not, idea. But we must protect dot com. It's written on her paper, and she can't even get through this thing. Whoever wrote it is a moron too. A sharing about threats and helping the private sector develop the secure technologies we need. Okay, so this is, she got through that one. Helping the private sector develop the secure technologies we need. Whew, good one. Can she get through another 50 seconds? We need to prevent hackers, nation states, and criminals from stealing our cyber our identities. Whoa, hackers and nation states and criminals are stealing our identities. Cyber espionage, cyber sabotage. Cyber sexing. Uh, against our online commerce Whoa. or our critical infrastructure. Track and disrupt the tracker hackers. Track and disrupt the tracker hacker, smacker. Don't, <laughs> I'm confused. And prosecute them when possible. Uh-oh. I have two goals for this hearing. Oh, one is to get through this freaking opening. First, I'm going to make sure that we protect the American people from cyber threats by working together across the government to protect as I said, the domains of .mil, .gov, and .com. I'm telling you, I feel extremely angry as a, an owner of several .orgs and .edus. Is not the .edu domain important to this woman? Apparently not. Well, you know, all these people are, are crazy. I have a clip here. Let me see if I can find it. I, and uh, can I just finish her up? Because it's a 20 Yeah, seconds. finish her yeah. up, and then I got uh, just a follow-up just to show you the kind of... I, I got more. I mean, I have more from this woman. She's just nuts. And I want to examine how agencies will use cybersecurity funding in the budget. The administration is requesting over $13 billion Woo! for fiscal 2014. In this very stringent environment... We are concerned about techno boondoggles. There it is again. The government is is often very good at spending money, but we need to make sure we spend the money well. Now, what does she mean by techno boondoggle? What is she trying to say? That it's a bonanza? Everybody uh, jump eight, on the gravy train? Eight websites that say hello? I mean, maybe something like that's a techno boondoggle. I, I have here. here while, while, you're, while you're playing this explanatory nonsense, one of our producers sent me a clip from Mary Landrew during one of these hearings, and it's the, it's the clip is idiot commentary on Coke bottles. And listen to this. I want to share this and then ask a question. When I asked him to sort of describe the scope of cybersecurity and the challenge before us, they said, well, Senator, somebody's described it like this. They said the Department of Defense is dot mil. It's the Coke bottle cap. If you think about a Coke bottle, it's just the cap of the. It's just the tip. That's what you should have said. Coke bottle. The federal civilian government, which is dot gov, is like the Coke bottle itself. And the companies and citizens, which is .com, is the entire room the bottle is in. So while all the questions are being peppered right now to the top of this Coke bottle, Madam Chair, the room that we're in is the 
battleground that we're fighting in. Yeah. Now, so what this is about... What does this uh, mean? No, they're, they're insane. So I have two things. It's a one-two punch for you here. Uh, so first I have this this moronic woman who really needs to be voted. She just go home. You need to stop. Go Take all your winnings and go home. M- Senator Mikulski, please. She is going to say it. She's going to tell us right here and right now this is the entire reason for this who no, no one gives a crap about if you're being monitored, uh, your rights are being violated. This is what this is about. Rarely has a committee had so much talent coming together uh, from both those of us from appropriations as well as the authorizers. And I love it when you just say that you're also talented. You're so talented, really. All of you up there, you're talented, just talented. I hope that our country has a sense of urgency. We are already under attack. This is the new enduring war. There you go. End of story. That's what this is about. It's the new enduring war. The war that goes on forever. We're in a cyber war every day. Every day. Every time someone steals our identity, steals our state secrets or our trade secrets, we are at war. We now see the growing nexus between cyber criminals and nation states, hacking our networks, planning disruptions of our business operations. Director Mueller of the FBI said that cybercrime will eventually surpass terrorism as our number one threat to America. Yeah, well, there you go. Done. It was the war on drugs. It was the war on terrorism. Now it's the war on cybercrime. And this corroborates completely with the new report from Deloitte and Touche, or as we often call them, Toilette and Douche. And the report, John, is titled The Global Defense Outlook 2013. And here's what I love so much. The subtitle, Balancing Security and Prosperity. Because that's what it is for the military-industrial complex. And this is, and of course this report is in the show notes, 521.nashownotes.com. I would like to read a few passages from this because this is what this is about. This is shifting, and we've we've been on this tip. We've been looking at this happening before our very eyes. They tried to scare all the senators, like, oh, you're all going to die, cyber, cyber, cyber. Now we somehow we've gone from you're listening in on us. Well, we've thwarted all these these attacks, and by the way, we're you know you had, I'm sorry, you had no idea. We're so talented. We've been protecting you, and oh. Well, you found us out. We've been protecting you from all this evil. And it's really, it all comes down to this. This report examines current policies, practices, and trends affecting the defense ministries of 50 nations whose total publicly acknowledged spending on national defense accounts for more than 97% of global defense outlays in total $1.7 trillion per year, of which the majority of that is the United States. And so they're trying to balance the problems of the military-industrial conflict. They have nice little icons. This whole report is beautiful. So the strategic realities have three difficult policy trade-offs. First, policymakers are grappling with a new balance between military spending and rising domestic demands for social services and austerity. Oh, boy, what are we going to do? The slaves want, like, to eat and have health care. We can't have that. We need to build more stuff to go kill people. So what are we going to do? Well, oh, we also have denuclearization. Oh, crap. And declining emphasis on general purpose forces. Oh, crap. 
but we have two icons with arrows going straight up. One is a little dude with a parachute. The rise of special operation forces. This is your future. Special operation yeah, forces. J- JSOC. JSOC. And two, cyber as a military operational domain. That's really what this is about, is transitioning uh, everything to special operations and to cyber. And here's the cool thing. Oh, by the way, if you if you look in America, uh, for every every person we have in the military, the the citizens of America spend four hundred and four thousand dollars for every single person we have in active service, whether a desk job or not. Just kind of shows you where we're at, and that's ten times as much as as other countries. But in 2000, that's a high number. It's an incredibly high number. In 2013 and 2017, the 2013 and 2017 period will be characterized by declining defense budgets in the higher income states. That's us. While the lower income countries continue to grow defense spending and become more active in weapons, R&D, and trade. So what this means is we, the, the, the defense industries need to go to poor nations who want to spend money on weaponry. This is what is going on. And, of course, you know, the best ones are in Africa. Yeah, we have to sell them stuff. Um, we are in a, this is a General Tom Lawson, Chief of Defense Staff Canada. We are in a period of tighter funds. It's going to require us to look hard for new ways of doing things. <laughs> what is he, the sales guy? Is he the is he the bomber of the of uh, of selling crap in Canada? Significant investments in defense capabilities, particularly as China seeks to solidify its position as a regional hegemon. Recent increases in China's spending are driven by structural and organizational reform of the People's Liberation Army. There is a race going on, John, and this is just a small part of it. But we need to prepare the citizenry of America to be ready. Here, from 2006-2012, the number of top 50 countries with special operations forces increased by 40%. The United States appears to be the heaviest investor in cyber capabilities. Yeah, of course, because we're we have the biggest bullcrap about it. U.S. defense policy now acknowledges that cyberspace is an operational domain. Keywords and organizes units to exploit the full military potential of this new domain. The U.S. established Cyber Command in 2009 with a mission that includes full spectrum military cyberspace operations. The proposed 2014 U.S. Department of Defense budget cites cybersecurity as a key policy, uh, priority area of investment. So this is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. How come we can't get a consulting gig? And 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 we, and we could, could wear uniforms. Oh, and we could get little stars and stuff. Yeah, we get those little badges for Norway and whatever he did for Norway. We got a. I should read you this email. We got a fantastic email from some teenagers. Oh, uh, put in the segment. Yeah, yeah, okay. Let me. Uh, yeah, pe- do the segment now. Or no, that's actually let's. Uh, People are asking me not to do it because you know the the jingle is the one that. Adam's gonna read his email on the No Agenda Show. Mr. Curry says Biff Vandermoot. Biff, <laughs> my friends and I are all fans of the show, and in an effort to win over today's youth, the five of us, sixteen-year-olds have created a consulting group of our own here where we brainstorm solutions to problems. 
Essentially, we all get really stoned and come up with goals and mindless thoughts. For example. Just like the government. <laughs> this is the- Just, you want me to play the Pat Leahy clip again? <laughs> Hold on. For example, we came up with uh, the Jewish community is being ignored and banana chips are really good. We came up with Yahweh chips, kosher banana chips with Adderall on top to help them focus. These meaningless, incoherent ideas are then taken to the next step as we sober out and figure a way to propagate them to the youth. We devised uh, that we devised that we would host a Hebrew Origins Week over Twitter and simultaneously promote healthy eating within the next week. We would merge the two. I've made our staff aware that if we are successful, this would look great on our resumes. <laughs> we have uh, around 20 followers, and the shill uh, anonymous accounts that the staff has created have around 30 altogether, mostly marketing folks who unfortunately believe the scam is legit and clearly haven't visited our website. We are testing as an experiment on how stupid the teen public is. We're trying to see if it's possible that five stone 16-year-olds can get away with elitist bullcrap using the same techniques as the elites. In a way, we're like a model United Nations. Except we're actually working in the real world and aren't trying to do the community any favors. A current idea in the working now is how to combine getting Ariana Grande to suicide herself with getting Kim Kardashian deported. We were thinking, what? We were thinking about going the same route as the government did with Muslims, get the slaves afraid of the gypsies. Any help from the Curry Dvorak Consulting Group would be much appreciated. Please check out our website if you're curious, doorconsulting.wix.com. And I looked at it, and these kids are onto something good, John. They're onto a really, really good, tr- good trip here, and I, and they have a hashtag, how H O W Hebrew Origins Week, to promote the uh, the healthy uh, uh, Hebrew banana chips. <laughs> I'm glad you spent time on that. Yeah. Well, you asked for it. Apparently, I did. There you go. On the no agenda show. It does get better, though. It gets better. Let's uh, thank a few producers for doing today's show, uh, 521. Right on. Uh, starting with uh, Lee Canyon at $521, a member of the 521 club. Oh, uh, nice. Joyzy. Nice. Uh, and he says that we're knocking it out of the park. The last three or four shows have been more and more impressed with the quality of the analysis, but the recent segment by Adam about Adobe was amazing. Ooh, amazing. Amazing. The content of deconstruction, the nature of the presentation made such an impression on me that I was compelled to donate. Well, that's one of you. Adam kept his composure without losing his passion. Did not sound like a raving lunatic, <laughs> which given the subject matter is commendable. Yeah. All I could do is uh, think about uh, more than a decade of computer use of hearing everyone lament Flash and Acrobat being bloated, always needing an update, crashing or acting up. <clears throat> but all the while shrugging it off with a lame joke or hollow complaint as these products become steadily more ubiquitous. Yeah. I got a sick feeling in my stomach. Wait until... Anyway, uh, hit some buttons for the people and throw some karma. Yeah, and wait until uh, after this, uh, after we thank our producers, I'm going to uh, go down that hole for you one more time. Also, while we hand out uh, the button uh, for Lee there, and we really appreciate uh, Jersey coming, Jersey Strong, Jersey coming uh, coming through for us. Uh, this karma also goes out to uh, Sir 19-Inch Rack, who uh, is in the hospital with uh, some kind of... Uh, uh, breathing issue. So, uh, but he, he he he's in the hospital, and he still brought his laptop to monitor the servers. Good for him. <laughs> Can you believe that's that? That's un- un- dedicated guy. That's an American. You've got 
Karma. He's Dutch. <laughs> hey, he's, what's wrong with you, American? But he's a knight. I know. He's a knight. That's what our knights do. That's how much they care about us. Uh, uh, Daniel McInnes nice. in uh, Parts Unknown, 23343. I can't find a note from him anywhere. Uh, oh, wait, wait. He also gave 240. Oh, okay, 23343. He's come in. It's, for some reason, twice on here. I don't know why. Oh. So he's only the. He, we have two. We got the executive producer that's it. and him. Okay, that's it. That's yeah, it. In more when George and Aaron, I'm donating whilst on a moder on modal alert, Indian generic modafinil. <laughs> huh. Huh. So if you read any of this note, please do so in a suitable provigil voice. Whatever that is. I think it's I first really listened to peppy, your delightful peppy. podcast circuit show three hundred, inspired me to create one of my own. You can go check it out at uh P O L S Y M T A S dot com. <clears throat> He's in uh Australia, I guess, New South Wales. Now, he does is a long note, but he does have a a, a thesis that of, about the number thirty three enigma. Oh, hold on a second. Let's just uh... thirty three. That's a magic number. Oh, it is. For those of you new to the program, we have been tracking the use of the number thirty-three uh, for years now, for decades, and have always wondered what is the code, what does it mean. This is a theory. Uh, the whole thing is uh, well. Anyway, he's got a number. I'll read this. It's a little lengthy, but I'll read it anyway because we we are baffled by this uh, phenomenon. He says that the first phase was the three starting with the Pythagoreans in 500 B.C. and further popularized as the Holy Trinity of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Next phase was the 13th, starting with the arrest of the Knights Templar on October Friday the 13th, 1307, which I think is gave Friday the 13th a bad name. Mm. It was described as unlucky to stop those outside of the Alumbrados from using it. The 13 was replaced by 23 with the signing of the Federal Reserve Act on December 23rd, 1913. And popularized with the phrase 23 skidoo, the 33 phrase commenced with the dropping of the first atom bomb authorized by Truman, the 33rd president. The USA is 33 minutes away from annihilation. At, you can find out from 33-minutes.com. Uh, that was JFK's era by preventing the, nu- uh, the nuclear war during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Pushed the world back to phase 23 until 1984. The 33rd governor of California, Ronald Reagan, and his 33-degree Mason friends pushed us into 33. He say, His theory, which he doesn't believe, he says, is that there, you have a, a the code varying from 23 uh, to 33. No, from 13 to 33, which right, means 13, 43 33. is coming. And he says the 43 phase commenced on September 11, Ah. 2001, when George Bush, the 43rd president, completed a reading from the Book of the Dead, a.k.a. the (laughs) Necromicon, a.k.a. the Pet Goat. (laughs) Although the 33 is still around and even the 23, it's the 43 you need to worry about. Any star in this movie should be considered suspect. Wow. Okay. So we actually we've been duped. (laughs) <laughs> we haven't been. We don't even know what any of this is. All just numbers. It's forty. We need to be looking for forty-three, not thirty-three. Okay. Well, I'm gonna look at. In fact, he gave us two hundred thirty-three dollars and forty-three cents, making him suspect. Yes. Okay. So, all right. Well, th- I like that. So, all right. So now we've all got it programmed in our brains. We're now looking for forty-three as the number. That will be the new magic number. Thirty-three is apparently passe. Well, you know, there's another explanation for this. The, th- the 13, 23, 33, 43 continuum may be like a gauge 
mm. of bullcrap or whatever. <laughs> and so when these numbers come up, you can take you know you have to you have to reevaluate the 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 context in which the number is dropped. I'm just writing it down. A gauge of bullcrap. Okay. Yeah, gauge of bullcrap. Gauge crap. of bullcrap. So anyway, these are only our only two producers for this show. Five twenty one. I want to thank both of them. But remind people, we do have a show coming up on Sunday. We uh, like to get some, you know, some people to try, uh, jump in here on the higher end. And uh, go to dvorak.org slash na channel dvorak.com slash na no agenda show and no agenda nation.com. There's a donate button there. And thank you to our producers uh, in the chat room today. No agenda stream dot com. No agenda chat dot net. Thank you to our artist Patrick Patrick Baus who uh, delivered the artwork for episode 520. Highly appreciate that. Check out all the artwork at uh, noagendaartgenerator.com. And in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. Well, in the morning to, in the morning to you, Adam Curry, in the morning to all the ships at sea, boots on the ground, subs in the water, feet in the air, and also the dames and knights out there. Dvorak.org slash N-A. In the morning. And we'd like you to help us propagate the formula. Our formula is this. We go out. We hit people in the mouth. And while they're propagating the formula, I want to mention something I mentioned in the newsletter, and I've been doing it consistently, which is drop the noagenda.com, noagendashow.com URL into comments in various blogs and outlets. And if you can't do it because they won't let you put in a URL, tell people to Google the words no agenda. Yeah, that's about all you need. We have a I lot of probably better. We have a lot of people who work in the alphabet agencies listening to this show, and I I don't think anyone has really technically violated the law. But after I said, "Hey, how come uh, how come we don't get people uh, sending us cool PowerPoints?" I started <laughs> to get some interesting emails. Yeah, I'll bet you did. Yeah, and let me say right off the bat, send them to Adam. That's what he wants to say. That I'd like to I'd like to say that since got- we now know. That as a high uh, a college dropout at the NSA, you can get a two hundred thousand dollar consulting gig no, in no, Hawaii. No, no, wrong. High school dropout. High school dropout. You can get a two hundred thousand dollar consulting gig in Hawaii. I would like to sign up, please. Can I get this gig? This is fantastic. Talk about your techno boondoggle. But here's a couple. Well, I was going to read a couple of quick notes that I received from people okay. about. Uh, and sysadmins are the other uh, group that are uh, well represented. Um, we always celebrate the world sysadmin coming up in July again, and and we know that the sysadmins really keep the world running. So I will omit names, and in some cases, I will omit the places of work, but it will become apparent what we're talking about. Uh, Adam, I used to manage the voicemail engineering operations team at a <clears throat> large cable and internet provider. As part of that role, I was heavily involved with the guys that actually ran the switch side of things. There were a lot of voice switches replaced during my stint, and during every replacement, we'd have folks from the FBI and NSA on the call, monitoring to ensure they could tap in as soon as they were up. The network side of the house was and is a bit immature with their monitoring, so the guys from the FBI or NSA would often say, Hey! We can hear the phone calls again. Thanks. Good work. And drop off the call before our own switch team could verify the switches were active. We'd also sometimes see errant signals and start snooping to see what was going on, only to find that governments were polling voice calls. No warrant. As when there was a warrant, the legal team would give us a heads up. Just wide open. I talked to the 
other big telco cable and internet company folks as well, they said the exact same thing. So this is straight from the horse's mouth. Um, this is another, I got this a short message. Just so you know, the intelligence community considers text messages to be a part of metadata. That's something that no one has asked up there on the hill, all those smarties. Adam, listening to Sunday's No Agenda, I can tell you unequivocally that government agencies monitor and listen to phone calls. I manage operations at a very, very, very large ISP and used to manage part of our voice network. The FBI had open monitoring of our switches. It's often pretty shocking that they can tell us that there's an issue, a resolution of an issue on a voice switch before our own monitoring systems can send out a ping. The FBI is troubleshooting. And then down under, Adam, I work for a telco in Australia. I'd rather not be identified, of course. Um, But I say um, spying, uh, telco spying, as a part of any install we do, we need to provide taps for regulatory compliance. Taps basically copy any data, send it off to another router switch network. This is uh, probably not illegal in Australia, uh, but this is exactly what's happening everywhere. The government has full access, and I am unclear on whether they need a warrant, the whole regulatory group that looks after the stuff is rather secretive. Surprise, surprise. While I was working at the same telco, I worked on a project in the corporate space where we were listening uh, on our call center traffic. You know, your call may be recorded. The duplicate voice stream was sent to a server with software to analyze the call. The software was able to analyze a customer's voice, detect whether they were pissed off, happy, stressed. I'm guessing most of the time they were pissed off. As I said, it was a telco, and I would not at all be surprised if the NSA, CIA, whoever had more sophisticated software that looks for keywords along with particular emotion and raises a flag. And then uh, there's uh, one other thing about some new stuff. But, you know, so this is, this is going on. It is rampant. It is completely rampant. Now, here's something very interesting that I noticed. Just it, it, it stuck in the back of the, my mind, and then uh, one of our anonymous uh, producers said you know check out this guy this is the um, the keynote at the chaos computer club and i think this is the 2012 keynote and it's done by a guy named jacob applebaum are you familiar with jacob applebaum no never heard of him so jacob applebaum and chaos computer club is a german uh, kind of like hacker computer club he yeah, first appeared around for a while yeah he, but he first appeared on the scene in 2010 uh, at the Hope Conference, which is Hackers of People Earth or something. And um, uh, there was supposed to be, this is the height of WikiLeaks, there was supposed to be a WikiLeaks keynote. Every thought, everyone thought Assange was going to show up, and he shows up. And he says, hi, I am Jacob Applebaum from WikiLeaks. Uh, also, the guy who is, uh helped create the Tor Network, which we oh, know. Oh, I've heard this guy speak. And so the Tor Network is is created by the government. That is the... Uh, was it not um, uh, which department created the Tor network, John? I DARPA, was under the DARPA, impression DARPA, that Applebaum did. Well, but I think it's DARPA. Uh, it was commissioned by DARPA. But anyway, so he starts off this keynote, and something very interesting happens. So the Chaos Computer Club to me is like family, and it is such an honor to be able to speak to everyone here, and it is ridiculous that they asked me to give the keynote. I hope that I am not wasting 3,000 collective hours of the smartest people on the planet with what I have to say in the next 60 minutes. (laughs) 
I want to start by thanking everyone that is in the audience for being here and for some specific people. Um, I want to call out Laura Poitras, who is this woman here next to the woman with the camera, because she produced the, and edited the videos that we're going to see. Uh, I've been working with her quite a lot, and she's a very inspirational, wonderful artist who I love deeply. And I'd like to start by playing a video, um, which is part of an art project we're working on, that many people are working on. And if we could play that first video, I think it would be a good way to start this off. So then he goes on and shows a video, a highly stylized video, of the building of the NSA data center in Utah. You know, it's like, what is it? What are they building? What everyone knows, the NSA data center, it's kind of obvious what they're doing. But so, done by Laura Poitras. And if you look at the Snowden video that appeared, in fact, it appeared just moments after we stopped the show on Sunday, you will see, and this is what bothered me. I'm like, that's, you know, the way they had the guy, they shot him with a mirror in the background, so you saw the back of his neck. Did you notice any of that, John? Was that noticeable yeah, to you? Yeah, well, that's what I, we're going to talk about a little bit about this guy, because this is getting fishier and fishier as it goes and on. And so this will probably help uh, a lead in there. At the end of that video, there's credits. Credits are Glenn Greenwald and Laura Poitras. So all of a sudden, this guy comes out of the woodwork in Hong Kong, and this artist, Laura Poitras, who is involved with WikiLeaks, has now done this highly stylized video. And she's curiously a 2012 MacArthur fellow. Curiously? this. So we already know that WikiLeaks we believe is a CIA spokespipe essentially getting anything out there that is either someone who needs to be obliterated because they're not CIA or anything that helps the CIA because the CIA runs the show and now we have so the whole thing that really bothered me about that video all of a sudden wow click we have this known WikiLeaks compatriot uh, who is, uh, I guess, speaks on behalf of Julian Assange, created the Tor Network, which is a government project. Everyone said, oh, you've got to use it. No, I'm not going to use the Tor Network. The, the government created it. How can you think that's great? Uh, please don't email about how, how secure it is. Yeah, you know, there's an issue. Just as an aside, I've always been fascinated by the Tor Network myself, especially the nature of it. Mm hmm. And I think that you might be right about the whole thing being just a front where they just can you know easily track you because you're in the. It's easier to track somebody in a network like that if you if you can get into it than it is to track the wide open web, the wide open internet because it's just a mess, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, just it's a, a mess. Just, it's a mess. It's tons of information. Let's take the people who think they're going to be cheaters and put them in this network, and then we'll just track them. Now, I think they busted a few people uh, along the way, and somebody started questioning the Tor network because there was a uh, a really interesting – and I read – I think the New York Times wrote about this. Apparently, they, they need an excuse. Well, how did you find someone if they went into the Tor network? And this article came out about their trick. They, tri they found a way to beat the Tor network. The government did. Well, okay. I'm reading what was the way? Well, they figured that they could see everybody entering the Tor network – and then it, it gets scrambled, and then they could, by timing, the input and then the output, because you could follow, there's only a limited number of outports of the Tor network. Mm -hmm. It's not infinite. And you could time the person going in, and then when they come out at that exact, at the same moment, as opposed to the other people going in in microseconds later, you could identify that this guy wrote this message. 
that was their excuse. Right. I mean, and it sounds reasonable, but that sounds like a lot of work if you don't even need to do that. It just sounds like the excuse for digging people up right out of the middle of it. And he says here, Tor was originally designed, implemented, and deployed as a third-generation onion routing project of the U.S. Naval Research Laboratory. That's, okay. that's the origination of it. All right. And you don't, and please do not email me saying Bruce Schneier said it's safe and you know you don't know what you're talking about cuz you're right. I don't know what I'm talking about. I have I I have not looked All at we're s- doing is presenting what we've discovered. Thank you. Thank you. No no arguments necessary. I'm I have no idea what I'm talking about, but at least I'm not saying we need to protect.com. But this nope. Laura Laura Poitras I was like, and "Wow." And by the way, if you're working if you're I don't know that she's anything other than just some artist, but it seems to me that if I was an artist and I was working for one of the uh, alphabet agencies, a good way to pay me would, would be through a MacArthur Fellow uh, grant. $500,000? Yeah. 500 smackers? Yeah. And so this guy... He, Tax-free, by the way. This guy pops out of the woodwork. Tax-free. Oh, yeah. This guy pops out of the woodwork in Hong Kong, and then Glenn Greenwald says... Oh, let me think. We need to make this an art project. Yes. Hold on one second. Let me call in Laura. She's done great work with the WikiLeaks people. You know, it stinks a little bit. There's a couple of things that stink. Yeah. Uh, let's play the uh, the kind of... Uh, well, first of all, let's play the... Uh, there's a thing with Greenwell. I have Tapper, Jake had him on the show. <laughs> yeah. And there's a little kind of yeah. kicker at the end, and it talks about uh, Greenwald's now in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. But let's play the Tapper clip. We have never received a blanket request or court order from any government agency asking for information or metadata in bulk like the one Verizon reportedly received. And if we did, we would fight it aggressively. We hadn't even heard of PRISM. Now, I know that there are statements in that comment that Zuckerberg wrote that are one could one could parse, for instance, okay, he didn't know it was called PRISM, but that doesn't mean he didn't know that there wasn't a program. But is there anything specifically in what he and the other tech companies have said that is not true, just downright false? Here's what our story reported, that we have a top secret document from the NSA that talks about the PRISM program, and what it describes in its own words is direct collection of data from the servers of those companies. So we reported that. We then went to the tech companies before our story was published. We asked them about it. They said that wasn't true. We reported that the tech companies deny it and that there was a discrepancy between what the NSA claims is going on between the companies and the government and what the companies claim. That Stop. That's not true. He's saying it's not true what he's saying. There's a discrepancy between some PowerPoint and document of which he has not released the entire document and what the tech companies say. Very different. I'm not falling for that. That was the nature of our story is they are denying that what the NSA says they're doing. Maybe it's because the NSA is doing it without their knowledge. Maybe because there's semantic games going on. Maybe the truth is in between. Since then, the New York Times did more reporting and documented the very extensive negotiations that exactly Mark Zuckerberg denied in which the NSA went to Silicon Valley executives and asked for full um, direct access to their servers. They negotiated varying different companies, gave varying forms of access, but it's still quite ambiguous. I want the American people, and they should know, that exactly what it is that the government and the tech companies are collaborating on, are negotiating, are talking about in terms of carrying over uh, access to all this data that millions of people around the world use to communicate with one another to the U.S. government. This should all be done in public, not in the dark. 
I, do, I don't think his mission is is uh, pristine. Is that what he? That's what he wants. He wants the American public to know that the internet companies are spying. Or should we really just I, I'm, I'm cut to the chase by this whole thing? Should we just cut to the chase? That Glenn, that's not what it's about. What it's really about is that we have foregone all our rights, and that the government is just blanketly scooping everything up. But that's not what he's saying. He's like, oh, you should be angry at the tech companies. Why is he doing this? Is he short Google? And and it's very hard. You know, it's a very unpopular position to say that I'm not 100% believing that Green, Greenwald is pristine. And people get very angry. Oh, yeah. No, people love this guy. And here's Eric Schmidt uh, when he was still CEO of Google. People are treating Google like their most trusted friend. Should they be? Well... I think judgment matters. Eric Schmidt is Google's CEO. If you have something that you don't want anyone to know, maybe you shouldn't be doing it in the first place. But if you really need that kind of privacy, the reality is that search engines, including Google, do retain this information for some time. Um, and it's important, for example, that you, we are all subject in the United States to the Patriot Act. It is possible that that information could be made available to the authorities. Oh, well, there you go. There's no secret there. Nope. We know that the NSA has an entire division within Google. Uh, the, the, the court approved that to be kept secret, so it's there. They don't, just don't have to tell us what they're doing. It's no secret, so what is this really about? What is it really about? I, to me, I don't know. Apple comes out with a new iOS 7. I still 7. think there may be some interagency warfare. Oh, see, it, it has to be that. It must be. It mu- this and they, is- maybe they want to get rid of uh, of Keith or Kenny or whatever his name is, Hamilton. It's, well, it's my understanding that... Um, the guy's been in a little long. Yeah. And, you know, dude, what happens when you get the head of an agency like that? You just you end up grabbing a lot of blackmail material. Yeah. Let's be honest about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, this is what happened with Herbert Hoover. But- this is why they changed the law about how long you can stay in the FBI. Right. Because essentially you can start building up a, a bunch of blackmail material. That's what this is. That's what snooping does. But the, you can go to say, uh, oh, uh, you know, uh, Senator, uh, it's interesting. I wonder, does your wife know anything about this uh, girl <laughs> this, that you're this, having sex with? Yeah. You know, I mean, that kind of thing. Well, oh, maybe if you voted this way, it wouldn't be a big deal. Have you seen? And we wouldn't the- be able to tell her. But, you know, she might want to find out if you vote the other way. I mean, this becomes what happens. And and it's up to this responsibility. I think it's a good thing if they're if this is going on and they're rousting. I'm getting rid of Clapper and this guy, Hamilton. Well, you notice that the assistant uh, director of the CIA resigned after 33 years. And President Obama has appointed a lawyer, one of his, the White House counsel. First time ever this has happened. So now he has Brennan in, and he has, he's, the president is afraid of the CIA. He's like, I'm putting as many people in there. What are you, you're my friend, right? Yeah, you're, you're in. Here, take this chair. This is a woman, and Avril, and so she will now be the uh, assistant director of the CIA in case Brennan gets off then she's she pops up to the top so he's building his wall of defense against the CIA and I think he's right to do it I I understand I I'm the more I reflect on our previous episode the more I'm thinking dude is frightened he is well probably with good reason I would assume 
Over in uh, Gitmo Nation East in the UK, there's a big fracas about this, as their version of the NSA apparently has had the same access to the tech company's data. And uh, there they roll out to their own version of Keith. His name is Major General Jonathan Shore. He is the uh, uh, the general of cyber douchiness. And, <laughs> and you thought we had it bad here in the United States. Or, you know, the guy's got to come in and do a little dog and pony show on the hill. These guys just get to phone it in, just phone in their, uh, their, their denial on Skype. The problem is that people seem to regard cyberspace as some sacrosanct area where normal laws don't apply. This isn't true. Criminal activity is still criminal activity, whether it takes place in cyberspace or whether it takes place uh, in the normal public domains. And uh, it needs policing, it needs the intelligence agencies need to operate there uh, to find out what's going on and to, and to keep us all safe. And clearly there's a balance there, but uh, if all the ne- normal checks and balances apply, we really shouldn't worry about it. What are the normal checks and balances? Well, I think you better ask an expert on that, and I know you're not <laughs> risking on, on the, uh, the today. We at least have, like, a constitution that spells it out. He says, oh, you should check someone who knows what's going on with that, but there's checks and balances. This morning, explaining those uh, parliamentary checks and balances, the ministerial clearances. But they're all there, they're all well established. Uh, and Wait for it. If people don't know about them, it's not that they don't exist. It's just because, quite rightly, they're they're, they're quite classified and quite uh, <laughs> kept kept quite secret by, by the government. But they- so in the UK, the checks and balances are secret. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> oh no worries, carry on. It's all checks and balances. Oh, no problem. We've got it all under control here. No worries, checks and balances. It's all secret, but it's checks. Poor slaves. Oops. Uh, okay. Do you have anything more on um, on this? Because then I just want to wrap it up. If you, do you no, any- no, but there are a couple of things that we still have to keep an eye out for, which is where are the rest of the slides? Do we know these slides are even... I mean, the thing about Zuckerberg coming out and saying, we don't, you know, I'm just baffling. Zuckerberg's not the type of guy who would just be an out-and-out liar. He seems like kind of a uh, autist, semi-autistic in some way. Hmm. Uh, he's not like a conniving character type. I don't. I don't. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't I mean, know. The, I don't know. But he doesn't seem like if <clears throat> this could go, be going on be, behind his back, it, it you know they keep trying to oust him if nobody's not noticed. And I think he was kind of oblivious when M- Mueller was roaming around the halls. And he was, <laughs> yeah. just, hey, I got the sense that he said, well, that's interesting. I don't know yeah. what he's doing yeah, here. what's he doing here? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think Zuckerberg runs much of Facebook. So who knows what's going on there? Um, but it would be crazy not to use Facebook as a resource if I was any of these agencies. It's just the gold mine. Okay, so here is the final bit that I just need to... Um, to put out there, and this is a continuation of my uh, war against Adobe, the most evil company on the planet. And I, and I had some help from a number of people on uh, on this. So Adobe, as we discussed, has, of course, uh, Flash, and they purchased Omniture for $3 billion. Omniture, if you install Ghostery in your browser plugin, you will see that pretty much on every single page, uh, Omniture is being loaded, and they load a Node.js thing. So there's all kinds of 
interesting stuff happening with Omniture. Omniture is the big tracking company that all the advertising agencies subscribe to, and they have built a enormous data center in Utah on Silicon Slope, uh, which is uh, it may even be connected underground to the new NSA data center. Even Leo Laporte knew this. <clears throat> so I wanted to find... You know, with these big companies and and Adobe for a company that you know just you you think they might just be making like PDF stuff and you know Creative Suite. Now they they actually have quite a big government arm. It's called Adobe Government, and Omniture after they purchased it became Adobe Insight. And I, it took me a little while, but I got their Adobe Insight white paper as a part of Adobe Government. And I would just like to read this to you verbatim, and you tell me that they are not marketing to government exactly what government says they're not doing. So someone's lying. Adobe Insight powered by Omniture, accelerating government intelligence to the speed of thought. This is a great document, by the way. It's all marked up in the show notes. The speed of thought, which sounds a bit like pre-crime. <clears throat> government agencies and organizations need, to clo need close to real-time access to data as it's collected to respond effectively to issues that analysis reveals. Dedicated government agency analysis, including those in law enforcement and military organizations, perform regular intelligence analysis that are critical to the day-to-day -day operations and stability of the country. These analysts assemble and process data from a myriad of sources that include open sources like the Internet and closed sources such as intelligence records in government databases. Intelligence analyst, oh, wow! Intelligence analyst analysis to make sense of it all very quickly and convert volumes of raw data into actionable knowledge is vital to the nation's well-being. In addition, intelligence analysts must identify patterns and persons of interest from billions of raw data points. They need to quickly combine cell phone, global positioning system, email and call detail records to produce valuable intelligence, and they need to explore vast volumes of data without the help of large IT teams creating a new view or cube from every new question that arises. Now, let me just pause there. Doesn't that sound like this is exactly what the government is saying they don't do? <clears throat> uh, a little bit, yeah. Every phone call, credit card transaction, and visit to a website creates a data point that is collected and stored in different systems. Oh, really? But that's what they say is not happening. The issue is that the data is in a multitude of disparate data types, transactional data that provides information about events, such as credit card purchases. And as an aside, that comes through the Adobe Mercado, which is their transactional system. They purchase this as well. That is the, uh, a lot of companies are moving to Adobe Mercado, which is credit card transactions, uh, which they handle the back end for you. PayPal does it as well, of course. The details of a cell phone call or an airline flight booking. There's also streaming data or a continuous flow of log type information that follows movement, such as a web log that streams information on what a user is doing, every page visited, every click, every item viewed, and so forth. 
Lastly, unstructured data is constantly being generated, such as blogs, comments and articles, discussion forums, email, other socially driven communications and commentary. Combining these disparate data types into one common environment for analysis is a daunting task. But Adobe Insight is your partner. They are, they are adding their tracking data of you to the mix. And they're providing this service to the U.S. government. And they're not bashful about saying they do it either. No, that's what you always find out in a white paper. That's what you found out when you dug up the stuff about vaccines being the best thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good piece. Uh, yeah, that's going to be in the show notes. Yes, 521.nashownotes.com. And it goes on and on. There's all kinds of stuff. But just look at them. They are on, it's called Silicon Slope. It's in Utah. They're right next to the big NSA data center. And yeah, and apparently, according to people that have been writing us, they said they're hiring like crazy. Crazy, crazy. You want a job? Go move to Utah. Thousands of people. Thousands. Hmm. You know, we're still awaiting uh, Adobe uh, Prime Time to, uh, to slip into iOS. I thought that might happen on the, their announcement. <laughs> Funny, not everything catches on. A funny observation. Um, you know, the, so the new Power Max, the, 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 the ugliest thing ever invented. The little, cute, the, little the thing that will win all kinds of design awards, that ugly thing. Yeah. Uh, according to one of my producers, because it's, it's, uh, apparently it's machined, so it's not really – it's assembled in America and machined in America. And I believe Texas is, you know, it's, a, it's one of these spots. Um so I'm like, wow, you know, that, you know, machining something in America is very expensive until you realize it has the exact diameter as a Hellfire missile. <laughs> so, so they're just taking empty shells. <laughs> excess. It is. It's the exact diameter as a Hellfire missile. Uh, hey, what can we do with these uh, shells we didn't sell yet? <laughs> what are we going to do with this crap? <laughs> hey, call Cook. Hey, call Ives. I got a great idea. We got the machine shop ready to go. It's all computerized. <laughs> got a great idea. I think what a mistake. I think it's the biggest mistake ever. Can't believe, I don't I, think so. Really, you so, think it's going to be uh, great? Okay, all right. Well. They had to do something, and I think this was a good thing. So mm -hmm. I wanted to uh, just said, to say the that, Android Windows user. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that. Uh -huh. uh, so, uh, but, but back onto onto this. Uh, this uh, character uh, in Hong Kong. Right? Yes. yes. I, one day, I, there's a couple of things that came up I forgot to mention. And I want you to play this clip. And tell me if there's something doesn't stand out like a sore thumb when you listen to Bashir mm -hmm. uh, discussing the uh, Snowden. And, and uh, well, you'll see. Play it. Or truth teller in Latin, Snowden says he copied the top secret documents from his job at an NSA station in Hawaii, working with defense contractor Booz Allen Hamilton, a company that's won billions of dollars in secret government contracts in the past decade. Telling his supervisor that he needed to be away for a few weeks to seek, seek treatment for epilepsy, he hopped a May 20th flight to Hong Kong, where he said to be holed up, seeking political asylum. Possibly from Iceland or Ecuador. Snowden told The Guardian he has carefully considered the consequences of his actions. Would you mean the entire concept of having someone with that kind of access who suffers from epilepsy? Is that what you're referring to? No, I'm referring to the specific mention of Ecuador and Iceland hmm. uh, as places where he might want to go. Now, Iceland. WikiLeaks. Which, WikiLeaks. There's WikiLeaks spots. Is isn't it, it any 
possibility that this guy is being set up as a straw man to then end up in uh, in Ecuador, not Iceland, which is where you'd rather be if, if you like women, but Ecuador. Because <laughs> there's, uh, there's more to women? Fi- to, to, to kill Assange. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> the guy was a special forces guy, broke both legs supposedly. Right. Uh, ah. he's, he is a, uh, he's been trained to kill. Oh, this is a very interesting theory, John. I like this a lot. So he's so the idea is make it really public, and then maybe there'll be some it's on like, the lamb. There'll be some huge gunfight, and he'll emerge and say, "I really tried to protect Julian." Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, like that. that would work. His head split. Mine so, didn't. so here's what here's what we have to look out for. This guy's routing. He you know he may routing, be picked yeah. up by the Russians mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then put in Russia for a while and then transferred to Ecuador because he's not comfortable in Russia, whatever the excuse is. And then somehow Assange ends up going to Ecuador. If the two of them are in Ecuador at the same time, then Assange is done. Wow, good one. I'll take that. I, I, I like it. I like it. Meanwhile, but why, why, why would they have to do that? Uh, why do we need to get rid of Assange? I mean, he's doing great. Well, he's- that's the question that that comes to mind. I mean, we have to watch this as it uh, unfolds. But what does Assange know? What right. is, what's missing from this picture? Maybe Assange still has that those bank records someplace, or mm. that you know he's going to blow the lid off the bank. Can you uh, can you red book this, please? Sorry, I, you need to red book this. Red book yeah. it. Red book it. Hmm. Hmm. So something we don't know about Assange, I'm sure of that. Or are they? No. I mean, this is too freaky. This whole Assange story. Who cares? Right. Okay. One other thing, just to make sure that we know that Russia today is really up on on things. Um, the RT report, just a little short uh, flub, uh, which is never. Sorry. Not, yeah. not even acknowledged. Uh, wait a minute. There's uh, there's two RT report on prison. Oh, okay. There's two. I'm glad I asked. Here we go. Guardian and the Washington Post, a highly classified program dubbed Prism. Prism? What? Prism. Prism. What? what Prism. Prism. What? Yeah. What did she say? I don't know. Uh, let me listen to that again. Guardian and the Washington Post, a highly classified program dubbed Prism. Prism. Sounds like she's like a computer voice. Prism. Prism. You know what I mean? It's like and then a, I get the, la- say, the lame... Hold on. The say lame prism. RT, I can't even pronounce what she said. The lame RT report on cyber tech. Prism. There's a little, another gotcha in here. I want to bring it up. Okay. Hold on a second. After months of muscle flexing comes the handshaking. U.S. President Barack Obama and Chinese President Xi Jinping will likely play nice for the cameras. But behind the closed California mansion doors of this first bilateral summit, a tense talk over cyber espionage, hacking, and rules of virtual engagement. Think of it as uh, like the chemical and biological weapons conventions. Everyone can make those sorts of weapons. But most countries agree not to uh, do so or to use them in conflict. The same thing is true of cyber. Everyone's got advanced information technology, but we can agree perhaps not to attack each other's infrastructure, or at least not to start doing it. 
However, the U.S. has repeatedly accused the rising Asian giant of widespread computer hacking. Just last week, a report by the Defense Science Board said nearly 40 Pentagon weapons programs and almost 30 other defense technologies were compromised by hackers, some directly tied to the Chinese military and government. U.S. manufacturers have also accused China of stealing patents and designs of high technology. We're also clear eyes about the challenges in cyber. Okay. All right. This is a meme that keeps cropping up, and I'm going to ask you what what you think. What is the point of going through a rigmarole to steal patents when all you have to do is go to the patent office and download the patent? Well, this is a setup for the... How do you steal a patent? No, you don't. This is a setup for the TPP. It's it's just more trickery to make people believe that there's some kind of threat that doesn't really exist. I mean, and you can steal as a, a trade secret, but those things are usually under lock and key. That that would be important. But patents are public documents. How would you... Yeah, anyway, you just keep hearing this. This was only one of about 10 reports where I've heard, ooh, the hackers are stealing patents. Yeah, no, it's... This, and How do you steal a patent? Well, this, this is the same... What patent do you want? I can download it for you. <laughs> hey, you. what are you, a terrorist? You can't be, like, stealing... Just downloading patents for somebody. That's not okay, John. Anyway, just a bug me. Hold on, we, have, we have a report in from RT... Then saw a program known as Prism. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, this is this is just nuts. This is just stupidity. <clears throat> this is why people listen to us, the best podcast in the universe, because we don't fall for this gobbledygook. Not falling okay, for here, it. Here, play this. Play this interesting clip. Impeach the president. Report. History of the opening of oh, it's my friend Amy Goodman. Guantanamo protests are scheduled around the world to call for the prison's closing. And in San Francisco, about 1,200 peace activists gathered on the beach Saturday to spell out the word "impeach" in giant letters visible from the sky. The protest occurred in the district of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> and of course. You- the, 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 the tell there was House Speaker. That was in 2007 when they wanted to impeach Bush for not closing down Guantanamo, oh, which was the big right. story in 2007. Why don't you close Guantanamo? Impeach Bush. Right. I don't I haven't seen that impeach thing since. And for whose benefit is that? Is that just for the news helicopters, or how does that work? If you, if it's a, Meanwhile, there's a the sky. Yeah, it was obviously for the news helicopters. And meanwhile, there was a on that same 2007 uh, report where they kept calling for the impeachment of Bush for doing less than Obama's doing. Uh, there was this screwy story, which is typical of, of of this show and not our show, but of her show and the most of the media is this story that has really was I don't remember a follow up ever. And this is the deportation clip. This is a funny one. 
A prominent Muslim leader from Ohio was deported last week by the U.S. government and hasn't been heard from since. Fawaz Damra was the former imam at Ohio's largest mosque, the Islamic Center of Cleveland. In 2004, he was jailed for allegedly concealing ties to the Palestinian group Islamic Jihad. The U.S. government says he was deported Thursday morning to the West Bank, but his family and friends say no one's heard from him since he was taken. Palestinian officials have said they don't know where he is. Dahmer's attorney also criticized the U.S. for giving no notice prior to the deportation. Dahmer was not given a chance to say goodbye to his wife or his three daughters who were born in the United States. All right. What is the, what is, I don't understand the point of this one. I think back in the day they used to grab guys out of the prisons, take them on and put them on a plane and throw them out the door. Well, sure. Just, just my thought. <laughs> well, yeah. How's Nelson Mandela doing? Uh, he's hanging in there because they don't need him yet. Well, we got a we got a, a voicemail from uh, Nelson. <laughs> oh, did we? Now? Yes, we did. Please yeah. help me, Adam and John. The <laughs> bastards are trying to kill me. <laughs> All right, there you go. <laughs> Things are not well. Play that again. <laughs> did you like it? Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. I think it's really him. Please help me, Adam and John. The bastards are trying to kill me. <laughs> I think it's pretty decent. Well, explain what that is. That's Nelson Mandela saying, please help me, Adam and John. The bastards are trying to kill me. <laughs> you didn't understand what he was saying? I heard what he's saying, but is that... Okay. That's I'll, Nelson. I'll just let that slide as an anomaly. That's obviously Nelson Mandela. <laughs> oh, man, did you see... Just to lighten it up for a second. Did you see the... Um, uh, it was the Japanese human rights ambassador. This is a great clip. Uh, what's his name? Hideki Uda, Ueda, I think is his name. They're on some human rights phone call. Or a conference call. This is... This, <laughs> and uh, he says something, and uh, and like someone within his rank snickers. Have you seen this? No, play it. Certainly... Uh, uh, Japan is not in the Middle Age. We are one of the most advanced country in this field. Don't laugh. Why you are laughing? Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Okay. Shut up. <laughs> you got it. Clip of the day right really? there. Really? Uh, I wasn't even expecting that. That's very kind of you. I will accept it because I think it's pretty good. There we go. So while we're playing shut these up. kinds of things, shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Here's a. I'm, I'm listening. I'm watching Parliament. The and British so somebody Parliament. has the wrong mic turned on. Oh boy, it's not good. And they bring out some poor guy who's, I guess, who's got injured. He roll him out in a wheelchair. And he's trying to talk, and meanwhile, these these some of the I don't know what side of the aisle this was, but this, some snipe. This guy says this the weirdest thing that has nothing to do with anything, but it's like, oh, okay, you guys maybe should work the mics a little better. I, but just play it and tell me you don't think it's a little odd. Chinese direct investment into the UK. All of this is welcome, and we need to see it grow even further. Jim Dowd, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Will the Prime Minister confirm that he understands the? No, 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 that's the wrong clip. It says Parliament. Yeah, I know. The one you want is, uh, where is it? Uh, <laughs> Mike Fowlup. 
Oh, sorry. In Parliament. Uh, Graham Stewart. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. No, he isn't, and don't call him Shirley. On our future in Europe. Can he confirm the Conservative Party's commitment to renegotiations and a referendum? What? Is he, what? Some guy... Who, I don't know who he's mic'd and, and, and this, they roll out this wheelchair guy and this guy makes this comment from airplane just don't call him Shirley I didn't hear that at all oh no, right, you'll hear it that, now if you listen for that it. whole clip was very difficult well it's because it was Miss Mike that was the point right it works better with video no there's no video no it was the same thing it was like what right. they didn't have the, the camera on the guy play it again <laughs> <laughs> you, you really want me to love this, don't you? Right. Graham Stewart. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. That sounded like that guy from CNN, the British guy who's always doing, like, travel things. Yeah. <laughs> no, he isn't, and don't call him Shirley. <laughs> okay, so that's that's not meant to be caught on mic, is what you're saying, that one. Yeah. Don't call me Shirley. Right. What, the, what, what, the, what was referenced? You know, I've, I've, I have not been... Here's a question for you, just to kind of more a, a media question. Uh, in, in the United Kingdom, because so, someone actually asked me this about the Netherlands, and for the Netherlands, I was able to answer the question. But in the United Kingdom, where are the, the true alternative news sources? Like, the, where are the podcasts coming out of the U.K.? I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I, I subscribe to a couple of uh, RSS feeds from blogs and a couple of people doing things, writing some stuff. But like the Jimmy Savile thing, it's like the, the, you know, it's rampant how, you know, police were you abusing children, protecting brothels being run out of killing uh, guys. I mean, just it, it's killing guys off the boat. It's insane what is going on there, and no one is is like outraged. There's, there's no. Where's the yelling and the screaming? Has it been locked down so tight that if you start a podcast and say, hey, everyone here is a bunch of pedo bear a-hole murderers, that you get bumped off? Or what is happening? Why? Why? I, I, where I is it? That's possible. Wow. Maybe you get bumped off. Yeah. Or somebody comes over and works you over, just gives you a few to the gut, and then you go do another podcast, and two guys come over <laughs> and, and give you a... And, and even though the British press, the newspapers are reporting on it, they do it in such a way... That it becomes like, ugh, whatever. You know what I mean? It's like the, the headlines are so big and so yelling and so loud. There's no real analysis of what's going on. And and and, you know, and of course, there's you know, there's all the celebrity stuff on the same page. You know, you can't take anything seriously. I, it's very weird to me. And I remember living there, and I, and I remember the feeling. I think probably I do remember the feeling of how I felt so un, uneasy all the time. Um, that if just the whole everything there is one big ball of bull crap. Everything that comes at you from the BBC and from the newspapers is all just a lie, and it makes you feel sick. It really does. I saw Dave Jackson uh, School of Podcasting. I uh, was interviewed for a, some Canadian thing. He says, "I don't, I don't watch news. I listen to No Agenda." So that's what everyone should be doing. If you really want to get some kind of news and figure out a little bit what's going on in the world, stay healthy. Well, while we're on that, we might as well hear the biggest shouting session I've ever heard on the Parliament. Uh, and this is the high to me. This is the highlight of the, of Parliament. 
uh, play this clip and you'll hear the speaker go nuts. Chinese direct investment into the UK. All of this is welcome and we need to see it grow even further. Jim Dowd. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Will the Prime Minister confirm that he understands the importance of the creative industries to the economy of this country and that they need to be buttressed by adequate intellectual property rights. But is he also aware that his intellectual property minister, that horny-handed son of toil, the fifth Viscount uh, Younger of Leckie, the fifth, the fifth Viscount Younger of Leckie, recently, recently told the Culture, Media and Sports Select Committee in relation to Google that I am, I am very aware of their power I am also very aware that they have access, for whatever reason, to higher levels at number 10 than do I. Is that not a disgraceful comment? gentleman's question, which refers to a distinguished constituent of mine, suffered from the disadvantage of being too long. The Prime Minister. Well, I will say they have better reality shows in the UK, that's for sure. Well, we always have to remember when we play these, we don't play them that much. They're scripted. They tend to be like this, uh, that these are scripted. Yeah, it's completely scripted. That we had one of the, uh, I forgot who it was, it was a... Somebody in the Blair administration. Yeah, yeah, it's, or just, it's all it's all scripted. Yeah. Now yeah, we have you, someone whose questions the, are all scripted. The prime minister yeah. writes his one zingers after he right. sees which one who will be picked. Right. Well, I think it's sad because you know here in America we have complete freedom and we have uh, people like our friend Reverend Manning. Go to hell, Mitt Romney. Go to hell, Fox News. Fix all these talk shows like MSNBC. Hello, Go to hell, Carl. You don't deserve. That's our producer from. Uh, so I, you know, there was that we did that little story on, uh, Matt. Yeah. or we had there was Amy Goodman was embarrassed on C-SPAN when somebody said that she's like, like anti-Israel essentially. Yeah. And there's an here's an interesting story that you probably haven't heard: the nukes in Israel clip on the, the Democracy Now! show. Israel's drawn up secret plans to destroy Iran's uranium enrichment facilities with tactical nuclear weapons, this according to the Times of London. The papers reporting two Israeli Air Force squadrons are training to blow up an Iranian facility using low-yield nuclear bunker busters. The attack would be the first with nuclear weapons since 1945 when the United States dropped atomic bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. The Israeli weapons would each have a force equivalent to one-fifteenth of the Hiroshima bomb. The Israeli foreign ministry denied the report. Oh, weak. And according to uh, the way I see it, since that report was from 2007. Oh, no. You keep doing this to me. Stop that. You're tricking me. Obviously, the foreign minister was correct. (laughs) This was bull crap. You're tricking me, John. We have to make a pact. You can't be doing this unless you you have to announce it. I mean, I, I played you Joe O'Biden, you know, and this is... Uh, this, by the way, is a mainstream media thing now where, where the mainstream is now pulling Obama's 2007 campaign promises. They, they, that, I know that clip. In fact, I was even thinking of clipping it, but I decided no, 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 no. everyone's heard it a million we need times. To, we need to thank our producers, John. We're a little bit behind today, so let me get right into that. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. 
I think if you help us out. Shut up. Five, two. <laughs> Sorry. What are you doing? The, the, the Japanese minister, ambassador was telling you to shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Why are you rapping? Shut up. <laughs> All right. Here Robert we go. Rodriguez, $169.69 in Portland, Oregon. I love the show. Help me get my mind off my trial separation and my wife could use some figure out my life karma. Sorry for the downer, but it's a reminder real life still happens to mass media madness we live in today. Oh, okay. I'll give you some karma for that, of course. You've got karma. It's a seven-year itch, my friend. That's what it is. It happens. It happens. It's okay. Yeah, seven years is really a problem year. Uh, uh, Perry Brashear in San, San Josie, 150 bucks. Uh Getting the getting off the long time train from Bonerville. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Patrick Turner, one hundred eleven dollars eleven cents in Austin, Texas, just yeah. up the road from you. It truly is. <laughs> Adam Schmidt, one hundred one hundred one. Hold on, he, he wanted to call someone out as a douchebag, didn't we? Oh, I I don't have it on here. Yeah. Also, big call outs to Chad Rooney as a douchebag. So douchebag. He knows why. We always try to get those in. Yeah. We don't read these notes anymore, but if you get the douchebag call out, we'll read that. Oops. Why? Because we have to. Adam Schmidt, <laughs> don't Sarasota, 101. Mac Davidson, $100 from Bowen Island, B.C. He thinks that he, sa- he says it's raining in Vancouver thanks to us, and he wants us to stop using the uh, stick. No. Dennis Cruz. No, no, no. And by the way, we do not have all the knights listed as sirs. Because uh, we haven't, the database has been is being repaired, and it, that puts that in, and we can't do it. For, well, it'll be a couple of weeks. Well, so then we, let me it, just we just need to say briefly that on um, on Sunday show we will have some make goods um, because there were so the, let me just paraphrase briefly to get it get the info out there the way I understand it. We, we get information from PayPal. Uh, Eric the Shield built a database for us a long time ago. And uh, information was going from PayPal through, I guess, Excel into the database. And somewhere along the line, something and databases are, you know, religion. So something happened, and I think it was a data corruption issue with a drive that failed. So there are people who did not get thanked. What we have been able to just over time, over several episodes, what we have been able to do is retrieve the ones that did not get thanked. So we'll have a special thank you segment on uh, Sunday. Uh, for those people, and as a part of the whole restructuring process, you can imagine we're kind of on a shoestring outfit here. Uh, Eric DeShiel is not able to put the titles in uh, for people who are donating, so that is also going to be repaired. So, you know, we're and it changes the numbers for the sixty nine sixty nine record breaking day. Yeah, that too, mention. and there's that. Yeah. Um. Dennis Cruz in Beaverton, Oregon, um, ninety nine ninety nine, and here we go with some more of our favorite number. Oh, hold on, I was I was wasn't even. Uh, uh, I was. Shut up! Uh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> hey! Woo! Sorry about that. Sir Sizzalot in <laughs> Toronto, uh, sixty nine sixty nine. Alan Schaff in Saint Paul, Minnesota. Nuts. Six nine six nine Lai Chow. These are all six nine six nines in Daly City. He wants some karma. We'll give them to him at the end of the show. Paul Webb in Twickenham, Middlesex, UK. Firas Al Thabani, who I believe is a uh, sir from Ridja. In <laughs> what? He's from Ridja. Yeah, he's from Ridja, also known <laughs> as Riyadh. Uh, Don Rosakis in Montclair, New Jersey. One Francisco Lara Meja. In uh, Miami, 
Edward Farrell. Prism changed me from pre-donor to donor. See, people are sending in actual value, John. This is great. Yeah, I like that. Me too. Uh, Edward Farrell in Evans, Georgia. David Nichols in Cottage Grove, Minnesota. Nuts. Uh, Patrick Cronin in Woodstock, New Brunswick, Canada. Uh, I think it's interesting. There's a Woodstock in Canada. Mm -hmm. Hey, come here for the concert, man. Where is everybody? <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. Add Hesterman's uh, in uh, the U in the Netherlands. Uh, let's, oh, let's... good old uh, the, the Archduke. No, our Grand Duke. Sorry, sorry, Duke. Uh, Stephen Stephen Pelsmakers in uh, Belgium. Uh, 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 yeah. I think he's going to set the record for the guys spending most buying the sixty nines. Sir Geronimus from Greece. Sir Geronimus. Get it? Ger you, Sir Geronimus, Anonymous, Geronimus. Get it? Yeah, I like that. Uh, Mark L. Alcoser. Alcoser. Alcoser is what I'd say, yeah. That's what I would think. Mm -hmm. In Houston, Texas. And finally, at the bottom of the list, Jeremy Ratcliffe in Nelson, B.C. Oh, is that it? We're done? 69! 69, dude! Nice. Nice. He says that Red Book confirmations to him are just as exciting as new deconstructions. Oh, okay. Yeah, slow, slow news day when we do those. Uh, most of these have already been confirmed. Heinrich Ulbricht, 6666. Wait, I think, I think we missed Tanya. We missed Tanya. I'm sorry? We missed Tanya. Cylander. Oh, Tanya Cylinder. Oh, Cylander. Cylander. Uh, sorry, Tanya. Uh, 6913 in Montreal, Quebec. Uh Abraham Daly, sixty six sixteen. Stephen Newell in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Well, not, well, not, but now you passed over Heinrich. No, I, I just mentioned him. No, I, 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 I interrupted I mentioned you. him before. You, that's when you interrupted me to push me back to Tanya. So do Heinrich again. Heinrich, we got your birthday, sixty six sixty six. If you listen to the show, you'll hear that I did him. I, I listened. Stephen Newell in uh, Jacksonville, Florida, fifty six seventy eight. Stephen Vischer. 5555 in Victoria, Australia. We've got a lot of people from uh, the English-speaking hinterlands. Ed Jacobs in Providence, Nevada. Huh. We've got some karma at the end. 50 double nickels on the dime. The only double nickels on the dime, I believe. Uh, Adam Crumpler, Denton, Texas, 52 bucks. Uh, Brandon Savoie in Port Orchard, Washington. And Mike Westerfield, of course, uh, comes in monthly. Sir Mike. David Groff in Cincinnati at fifty dollars. Jason Fortune in Geneva, Illinois, of fifty bucks. Paul Vella, who I believe is also a knight, in Milton Keynes, Buckinghamshire, and Sukovi Alexander in Moscow. Mm -hmm. And finally, Sir Alan Bean in Oakland, and that's our donors for show five two one. Steve Fisher uh, from uh, Victoria, Australia, says a small financial. Inducement to encourage Adam to never attempt an Aussie accent again. Did I try that? Did I do that? Yes. So you've done it numerous times. No, well, I, I must. I should not do that. It's that's lame. I thought it was. I thought you were working on it. I thought it was a, a work in a progress. Bit, a bit. No, I, I. I really don't like it. Whenever someone talk, I've noticed this because you know. We, now we do it for most countries. We'll talk about Germany. We'll do it a German accent. That was Brooklyn, by the way. If you will do it a German accent, 
<laughs> what kind of an accent is that? The Brooklyn Jew. German from it's the Brooklyn. It's a pre-World War II German <laughs> accent that you'd find in, the, in a beer tavern in New York. But whenever... I've wow, no, you nailed it. I've noticed this. I know, it's hard. Whenever people talk about Australia, they always... And the Australians must hate this. It must get their goat. People <laughs> always... I mean, going to Australia, mate! You know, like everyone's like a Paul Crocodile Dundee. They must hate that so much. I don't know. We've never heard anyone complain except this guy. No, no, I'm, I'm, I've been there. I've been there. I know. And I and start slowly picking up the accent. I'm afraid to go back. Really, I'm afraid to go back because I, I think it's going to be so disappointing because it, it, it used to be so awesomely free and, and you know, this. Well, I was there when they still all had guns. Uh, it's all oh, gone. Oh yeah. No. no, those days are over. <laughs> it's all gone now. Ah oh, yes. Oh man, my. My ears hurt. Hold on. Damn. That doesn't happen often. What happened? Well, I don't know. My ears hurt. Your ears hurt? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what's going on with that. Uh, so we have no nightings today, no damings, but we do have for everybody a big, fat lick of karma. And you deserve it. Thank you very much for your support. You've got karma. This is the best podcast in the universe. Fact says so on the label and the reason why it works is because it's value for value if you found any type of value in this program which could be just information it could be you laughed you know the other day i did find a ham podcast that i liked a ham radio now oh good and uh and he's on the value for value model boom i gave him 25 dollars for one show and i thought it was worth it because he had you know really rolled out you know then a piece of interesting uh information that I couldn't get anywhere else. I'm like, that's the way it should be. He's not a shill for... Can for, I guess? Can I guess what the information was? <laughs> or what you'll it concerned? You'll never guess. You'll never guess. Forget. Antennas. Come no, on. No, tell me. No. Antennas. No. Right? Nope. Wrong. Dipoles. Nope. Nope. Knobs. Knobs. No, no, no. no, uh, no. VU meters. No, no. Microphones. No. no, it's much better than that. He, Wires. He had on two guests. He had on the developers of uh, FreeDV, which is the new... Digital voice mode for HF, uh, and as a part of, uh, well, it's actually not new, but what they've done is they've created uh, an open source codec, Codec 2, um, which enables this to take place in very small amount of bandwidth, and it's kind of a revolution, and it could be, you know, the future of uh, of uh, si- sideband uh, voice communication. And the audience is gone. All right, <laughs> my point being. If you, no matter what it is, if you if you're listening to anything, you're watching something, and you find that it gives you some actual value, and people say, "Hey, you know, did was that of any value to you?" Support them. That's the way. That's the only way it's going to work. Because and compare we, the support for this show, by the way, with what you pay to go to the movies oh, to watch a piece of crap. Oh, and it like is the new Star Trek film, for example. Is there a new Star Trek film? It's probably off by now. Uh. Yeah, it just came out. It was the same as the first Star Trek film. It's always film. the same. The novelty was missing. Yeah. It was, you know, JC went to it when it came first came out, and he just was disappointed. So I'm going to wait for it to show up on HBO. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, anyway, uh, the way you can support this program and the work is by going to... Dvorak.org slash N-A. Yeah, let's say uh, it's your birthday, birthday. Got a little list for you. 
says happy birthday to Sir Kent Zeeser. He will be turning 40 on the 17th. Uh, so we want to make sure that we uh, get that in because they've been huge supporters of the best podcast in the universe. And Heinrich Ulbricht says happy birthday to his girlfriend Katya. Send pictures. She turns 29 tomorrow. Happy birthday from your friends right here at the best podcast in the universe. It's your birthday, so while you were talking, oh, we have no nighting. Uh, no, no, zero. Just remind no. everybody to go to Dvorak.org slash NA. There's no, no nightage whatsoever, but that's okay. Well, well, you caught me off guard with the, the non-reported scandal of the, of the guy, the Belgian ambassador, mm-hmm. which apparently yeah. nobody's picking up on. There's another thing that's brewing that in Bosnia that is, I think, is they're holding it in abeyance. In Bosnia? Yeah, the new and weird Bosnian crisis. Oh, okay. The Bosnian parliament was blockaded by parents overnight, angry at lawmakers' inability to agree on the registration of newborns. Since February, babies have not been given birth certificates in a row over number allocation between the different factions in the country. Hundreds of young mothers and fathers gathered yesterday, blowing whistles and shouting slogans, sparked by the case of a baby that needs to go to hospital in Germany for stem cell treatment. But since she has no documentation, the infant cannot leave the country. The baby's mother spoke of her frustration. We've asked for an ID number from the municipality, but they told my husband it could not be issued. They said they were willing to help, but there was nothing they could do. It's another example of the ethnic divisions within the country. Since the end of the war in 1995, central authority has been weak. Now a temporary measure has been adopted by the government which unblocks the registration process for six months until, hopefully, a new agreement is reached. Explain this. I'm not exactly sure what's happening. Did they, the- well, Bosnia is still a split country, and it looks like I think all hell is going to break loose. This, just <sighs> a, this is just an indication of, yeah, well, that's where everything stems from. This used to be Yugoslavia. Well, it's part of, when it's I was part of the, that area. All right. Uh, this is so sk- balkanized now, I don't even know what where they... Bosnia, Herzegovina. Yeah, the whole mm-hmm. bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so uh, they can't deliver birth certificates because this one side says it has to be this birth certificate, the other okay. side says got this. It. Got it, got it, And got so it. they got a bunch of kids in limbo, so if somebody has to get out of the country for some medical treatment, they can't do it. The whole thing is uh, is ludicrous. Because you have no papers. By the way, by the way. Can I just say something? Is Bosnia-Herzegovina, is that Europe now? Yeah, I think so. Then they shouldn't need papers to travel. This, then it's a bullcrap report. No, 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 they're not full. Then. No, okay. I'm wrong. All right. It's not. All right. Uh, so here's the deal. Uh, why, uh, this bugs me, by the way, because I first heard this when I was in Spain, when I went to, I saw a protest taking place where all the people in the protests had police whistles and they were blowing them loudly. Yes, we've discussed this, right. Yeah, I'm going to discuss it again. Mm-hmm. No, so I And I had, these, I had this, listen to this clip, you can hear people with the police whistles, but when you hear a lot of them, it's very, it's creepy. I mean, it's really gets the attention of everybody. It sounds like horror, all hell's breaking loose. It's very good at technique. In the United States, you can't do that. You can't have a bullhorn. When they did the Occupy thing, nobody could bring out a bullhorn, so they came with this stupid mic check thing, <laughs> which is, was funny, but yeah. it was you know, still was admitting that you can't... What kind of... What is this? This is like the country's been denutted to such, <laughs> such an extreme that you can't have a police whistle, 
and you can't blow it in protest. You can't have a bullhorn. You can't yell into it in protest. You And then, then they have the free speech zones, which I can't believe people put up with. When they had the conventions, they put everybody in cages off to the side where nobody would see them. <laughs> this is this has gone too far. Okay, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. Okay, I got nothing to say. That's all I can do. Is I, all I can do is what I do. I complain. Yeah. Is is it is it, is the police whistle illegal? Is that the truth? Is that there's something that uh, I don't I don't believe that. Say I don't it, think that, so. I think that that's uh, that doesn't make any sense. I think we're just not inventive enough. Well, it's being used the whole world over. Yeah. You know, another one that's being used the whole world—not as actually—it's not being used as much as it should. Naked women. No, well, that too. But I've only seen this in a couple of pro, uh, in some protest photos. I think they were in South America. And what you do is you have you have a sign that looks like a cartoon uh, bubble. It's got like a big, it's round, and it's got the little pointy thing that comes out the bottom. Mm -hmm. And you hold it up, and you have it pointing <laughs> at you, and then you write stuff on it yeah, in okay. cartoon font. Right. Yeah, I like that. And when people take pictures of it, it looks like a bunch of cartoon characters saying stuff. And it's very entertaining, and you can have a lot of fun with that. Nobody does it. The, our protesters stink. We have to, we have spoken about the whistle thing, and I believe we at one point talked about a no agenda whistle. And I don't know why we why that shouldn't be brought. It's I think it's very effective. It's incredibly annoying to listen to it. Uh, and by the way, this um, uh, I saw it scroll by in the chat room, and we didn't even bring it up on the previous show. No, it's not going to be illegal to annoy a cop in New York. That is not what the legislation says. Oh, I forgot about it's, that. Ugh, it's so stupid. That is not what it says. You can't hit the cop. That's what it says. You can't annoy him as a part of annoying him, hit him. That's what it is. It's, it's a stupid law, but okay. There must be a reason for it. Okay, here on September 14, 2012, New Yorkers blew whistles Thursday in protests against the police. Mm-hmm. So the idea go. is that people will carry these whistles all the time and then they just blow them and there's some big fat woman blowing a whistle in the photo. And speaking of no agenda premiums, um, I, I tested the brand new 33 bag at the market on uh, Saturday. I never got my 33 bag. No, I got the bag and I took it to the market and it works great. Is it a good market bag? It's a fantastic market bag. All right, and I'm not sure what the deal is, but is no agenda nation going to produce them or what's happening? I think so, yeah. But I think what we're going to do, I, and he probably will sell them in batches of 10 or something like that for people who want to give them away. Mm -hmm. And then we'll just get like 50 of them each and we'll just give them away. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're kind of on the flimsy side. Are they too flimsy? No, not at all. They look really. Right, well, I'm going to get my bag. They first look really because. handsome. No, I, I mean, this Mickey looks agrees. Good, I'm sure yeah. it looks great with that logo. Oh, by the way, tomorrow, tomorrow, John. We are going to our interview. Yes, sirree. The big interview. This is it. This, this is, is for voiceover work or for <laughs> CIA? You're going to work as an agent? No, is this it? is Miss Mickey's interview with the Gestapo uh, to see if uh, we're legitimate and if she can get her green card. This is the one. So this is where they now, test. Now, is this the Gestapo or the SS, the SA? Which group is this? Uh, the shirts are brown regardless. Okay, this but is the brown shirt. This is the, the one. This is the one where we have to – they're going to test us to see if we're actually married or not. So we have to bring like wedding photos and then there's, there's all these – yeah, they have questions. And uh, I actually I have a list of some of these questions if you're interested, if you think it's fun. <laughs> 
Of course. <laughs> Let me see. Uh, our, we have a lawyer because, you know, pff, we had to get a lawyer. Oh, yeah. No, if you don't, actually, I think they'd arrest you and throw you in Gitmo. So our lawyer. Oh, oh stop. Stop. Before you say anything. Yeah, yeah. Before I'm going I'm to forget this. I got a box from Gitmo. Yes, I got a box from, from the big ass blonde. It was the big ass blonde that sent you the box? Yes, with a t shirt, a challenge coin, and a card. Yeah. yeah. I didn't get a card. Well, you have, yeah. Well, I'm. Let me go look back in the box. That may be <laughs> I'm tight with but big ass blonde. But I'm keeping the boxes. It says, Gitmo. I got a I postmark know. that says Guantanamo Bay. I know. I free, I'm, thank you for bringing that up because I completely left the box on the table and, that, and so I hadn't seen it and then talked about it. Isn't that kind of her? And it's like the Radio Gitmo t-shirt. Yeah, like Radio ro- Gitmo. They like, have a radio station. That, well, why wouldn't they? I mean, you could broadcast yeah. the Gitmo and Cuba. No, they got three stations. It's like 101.3, 102.1, and AM all talk. They, they, they have, there's so many people, so much they personnel. They should be running our show on that station. No kidding. How popular would we be? She tried to get us to, to, to broadcast live from there, but there was some... I know there was something that somebody didn't like. <laughs> I, know, I, I can't imagine why. They're getting on my nerves. So here's the type of questions. This is from our lawyer who has been doing this for a number of years. And by the way, I, so he had, a, he had a pre-call with us. He says, let's just talk about this. I just you know, want you to feel comfortable. Um, and he went, you know, he went through this whole thing. We're on the phone with him for an hour. I said, so at what point do we start talking Russian? Because this is like we're in Russia with all this. He says, Adam. Russia is easier. So he says, and ever since Boston, he says, oh, my God. He said, immigration into this country has gone apeshit. As you can't get anything done. Everything is no. Here's some of the questions. Um, how many lamps are there in your bedroom? How many end tables do you have in your bedroom? What is the color of your sheets? How many televisions do you have in your home? Do you have a stove? Ga- uh, stove gas? Is your stove gas or electric? When did you meet? What's the location of your first date? Who drove to the U.S. Immigration Office today? What time does your spouse oh, wait, leave? Wait, 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 <laughs> wait. So, I mean, okay, there's other ones I see, uh, whatever. You can say anything, it seems to me. But who drove to the immigration office is a dipshit question. Unless yeah. Trick you, question. If, trick question. It, why is that a trick question? Because they, they'll throw that in to see if you stumble. Stumble about what? Uh, uh, drove? Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, uh, 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 That's if you didn't uh, come together, you see. So if, if you came separately because you're shamming. Why don't you say you came separately see what happens? Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I ordered her from the catalog. She just showed up. I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> She's a Russian girl. <laughs> I don't know the problem. But it's really, what is Go your... Go with the questions. Yeah. I want to hear the rest. Okay. What is your spouse's best quality? <laughs> How do you answer say, that? So what if it just is it, if it is it uh, theoretical? Would you say uh, or you hypothetical? Know, I asked Mickey. Would you say blowjobs? Would you say that? <laughs> this is my answer, of course. But because we went through these questions, I said let's just do them. It's kind of like the honeymoon quiz. I said, what is what would you say is your spouse's best uh, best quality? And she and Mickey said he's incredibly smart and loyal. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> this doesn't sound right. <laughs> Loyal. Hmm. Hmm. But this, this is kind of weird. Uh, we should probably be in and out in five minutes. Well, give me another question. 
How many friends and relatives attended your wedding? Did you have more than one ceremony? Be prepared to discuss. You did have two ceremonies. You have to admit it now. Yes, of course we did. What time did you just... We got married in Vegas, and then we got married for real in... Uh, in uh, We Amsterdam. got married for real in Vegas. Yeah, for real. Exactly. And then we and then we got... Which, no, only we have the pictures of Vegas. How often does your spouse speak with her family? Who does he or she speak with the most? What color is your spouse's toothbrush? Wow. I wouldn't answer that. I couldn't answer that. No. I couldn't answer that in a million years. You might be deported. Yeah, it's questions like this. So anyway, it's no wonder people sneak into the country. It's no wonder. It's a crazy process. Aren't we in immigration land? Isn't that the whole point? Make it easy know. for people to I think to come I in? find the whole thing distressing. Yeah. But we got no skin in the game. <laughs> not much of a skin, that's for sure. Uh, Euroland, uh, things are not going well in Greece. Uh, first of all, they've shut down the public broadcasting uh, station. Did you catch that? Yeah, I thought that was great. Wow. What is Mickey? Are you still testing the high sound? Maybe it's still on and someone hurting. Oh, no. No, <laughs> no dear. No, no, that's not it. My glasses are hurting my so ears. I, so I got it. This is a clip that I've been sitting on for a while. I want to play it because I, I want to see if you can spot the irony in this, in the way they present this story. And this is like, you know, your this is your warmest kind of a, a, a piece. Okay. Although it's not about global warming. It's about uh, energy. And okay. it's called this. It's a, the clip is called the slow plane. Slow plane. Okay. And what am I supposed to be looking for here? You're going to spot the irony. Okay. The, actually, the idiocy, the idiocy, oh, this is a good name for a show, the idiocy and the irony. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to listen and play the idiocy or the irony. Here's the clip. A plane powered only by the sun is making another slow motion flight. The solar impulse, which runs on batteries at night, took off early today from Dallas-Fort Worth Airport, bound for St. Louis at 33 miles an hour. The flight's expected to take 21 hours. This is the third leg of a cross-country journey designed to promote renewable energy. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There was a math thing in here that didn't sound right. It's doing 33 miles an hour, and how far was it going? It was only going to take 21 hours. It was, yeah, it was just. It's like from. It's like from the. Uh, we'll play it again at the beginning. With I think it's going from like Texas to. Let me, to let Chicago. me hear it again. Let me hear it again. A plane powered only by the sun is making another slow motion flight. The solar impulse, which runs on batteries at night, took off early today from Dallas Fort Worth Airport, bound for St. Louis at 33 miles an hour. The flight's expected to take 21 hours. This is the third leg of a cross country journey designed to promote. Renewable energy. Uh, okay. I mean, the whole thing is dumb. It's as dumb as that stupid flying bike everyone has been posting about. <laughs> we have a flying okay, bike. Wait, here, here's what here's what's kills me. This is to show you that we can do renewable, cheap energy. Yeah. It's taking 21 <laughs> hours to go a short drive. You can make the drive yourself. Yeah. Does anyone find this ludicrous? Yeah, no, it's going to take all year to go across the country, <laughs> and this is a good thing. I skip all this stuff, and and how many people have tweeted me or emailed me the link of the flying bike? 
It's the same. It's like who is basically it's a, a drone copter with a bike strapped to it. Whoa, boy, that's going to solve traffic. Are you stupid? Like people really get stupid when when this kind of stuff comes out. Oh, it's an electric plane and it flies on batteries at night. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's just I know. the dumbest thing ever. And by I the know. way, battery technology is only improved by incremental amounts. It did, battery technology is all pretty much 19th century, 200-year-old technology that has not been improved upon yeah. except for, for just fine-tuning a few things, getting a new membrane that's we, a little we better. Went, we had electric – in fact, the automobile industry started as electric cars. In, there was a in, lot of electric cars. There was steam cars, electric cars, and gas cars. The gasoline cars won because you could go further, and they were essentially more reliable, and you could just put more fuel in them. When the batteries went dead, what did you do? You're yeah. done. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you go back and look at the history in 1903, I think, it was that far ago, maybe 1901 even, there was the, it was the horseless uh, carriage. It was an electric car. And uh, I think Elon Musk was running it then, too. Yeah, he's an old guy. Yeah, he's a totally old guy. Hey, things are not going so well actually in uh, uh, in in Euroland. Uh, we have uh, plenty of uh, bad stuff happening. the The worst thing, really, outside of uh, uh, Greek the Greek um, uh, public television being turned off, is you know they've been trying to sell. This is it's so disgusting. They've been trying to sell as a part of the troika's demands some of their assets, like the energy company. Uh, the uh, was a DEPA D E P A, and these guys are so arrogant that they said, "Nah, no one bid on it." Ha! Eight hundred, I think it was eight hundred million euros. Let me see if I have the the target was originally set at fifty billion euros in two thousand ten, but has been reduced. And what were they trying to get for it? Nine hundred million, and no one bid on it. So they're just waiting until this. Thing, I guess until someone says, "Like here, we'll pay you to take it," and then the Russians come in. Gazprom did not bid. Did not bid. And the thing is, I mean, it has an actual value. It's it's listed. I think it's still listed on the on the stock exchange in Greece. And well, this they, is they want, the Russians want to get it for a song. Well, no, well, this is this is the whole. Remember, we we talked about this. this is the Hellenic Republic Asset Development Fund. This is the same way that they um, when they reunified Germany. It's the same thing, and the, all the assets are just going to be sucked up by the by the weasels. But they but they're really just like you know we we got a lock on this thing. No one's coming in. This is our this is our puppy. We're just going to wait. We're going to run it all the way down to zero. They don't give a crap, and no one sees it. However, I would say there's two big developments going on right now in the world, and both of them involve the Chiners, and I think we can see some terrorism activity in Nicaragua pretty soon. I think Al-Qaeda in the Nicaraguan Peninsula. That would be good. Uh, AQN. AQN. That is because Nicaragua has given the green light to a Chinese company to build a canal. And this will, of course, compete directly, if you go down south a little bit, with the Panama Canal. Which is our project. Which is our... So, I'm thinking... And funny enough, 
I see today a bill is proposed, uh, Senate Bill 1136, to authorize the extension of preferential tariff treatment for certain textile goods imported from Nicaragua. So someone's sucking somebody off. But I would say the easiest thing is just to say we got some terrorists going on. and we'll, Or maybe we let the Chiners build it and then, and then we go in. And, well, it's gonna, uh, yeah, let them build it. You know, I think it was either Nicaragua or or Guatemala or someplace in there that was the original site for the what became the Panama Canal, but they moved it further south, mm-hmm. even though it was miserable to build it there mm-hmm. uh, because of some vested interest. And they they the trick that they used because the Congress had to decide where they're going to build it is they somebody released a stamp postage stamp. It's mm-hmm. a good story mm-hmm. uh, of Guatemala or Nicaragua, wherever this was. Uh, with a volcano going off. <laughs> hey, oh, oh, we can't have that. Oh, my God, there's <laughs> volcanoes are blowing up. We can't Oh, really? Build it. Oh, this is yeah. good. Well, we need to look into the history of that. That's kind of fun. I like that. It's very fun. So so the, I'm sure this is the old route or one of the old routes that was predetermined to be easier to build on because ah. it was flat and didn't have all these, these issues. Yeah, that yeah. they had in Panama was like a big rock. But so now it's and it's it's really happening. There's green light and the Chinas are in. How many years? What's the what's the what's the years? How many years um, going to take? It's got to take. I think it's not going to be done until 2018. Let me check. Uh, 2018, five years. Yeah, I think it's so. taken almost ten years to build this stupid bridge here in the San Francisco Bay Area <laughs> that goes goes to Goat Island from Oakland. Let's see. The Chinese company HK Nicaragua Canal Development Investment Company Limited is working with the Nicaraguan government on the canal project. Experts say it could be ele- I'm sorry, eleven years. Oh, so it'd be just the same amount of time as yeah. this Ex- dumb bridge. Except, except the short bridge they're building. <laughs> except this is this is 130 miles of waterway. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, $40 billion. But then here's the next project. I think this bridge costs more than that. <laughs> I'm sure it does. The next project is, I think we're also going to see Al-Qaeda in Ethiopia. <laughs> well, I think they're already there. <laughs> well, but they're going to start some terrorist activities because, and this has to do with, uh, this is this is very interesting. Um, this is Egypt, Ethiopia, and uh, Sudan. Now, what do these three countries have in common? Uh, Egypt, Ethiopia, are they on the list? That, that... <laughs> are they on a list? <laughs> list of places we're going to take over? Well, I think, well, Sudan is for sure. Yeah, no, Ethiopia is yeah. not. No. Uh, and Egypt, of course, we're already in Egypt. Remember when John McCain, after uh, we installed the, what's his name? The new guy? The new guy. The new guy. We installed the new guy. McCain went there with all the CEOs and all like, yeah, my corner office is over here and I'm going to build here and... Yeah, Coca-Cola, everybody's in. We're like, oh, yeah, great. Egypt is rocking. We're here, baby, bitches. Uh, But Ethiopia seems like they're going to be a little problematic because they are doing a deal again with our friends, the Chiners, um, to build a dam, a hydroelectric dam on the Nile, the Blue Nile. Uh, And this is upstream from Egypt. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Yeah, Uh uh-oh is right. Uh, and and so, what's his name? Uh, oh, come on, what's his name? The the Egyptian dude, uh, Morsi. Is it Morsi? Yeah, yeah, that's Morsi. It, Morsi. So Morsi, I love it. When Morsi. Yeah. So Morsi in Egypt, there, the mopey guy, comes out and says, "Don't worry, there won't be a war over this because no one can afford it." Yeah. Okay. If I were Ethiopian right now, I'd be getting in a cave. Because we got some hellfires incoming. You will not, repeat, not be building no dam that is going to 
block the water downstream because the basin will empty out. And you know who's sitting there in Egypt waiting for this water because we need it for our, uh, to dump our aluminum in or whatever from whatever we're going to be, our fluoride from the aluminum, is American interests. Yeah. So I'm just predicting, put it in the book. No, uh, he, put, he said that for the specific reason of saying, that of was an announcement. It was like, we're not going to be spending the money on this war. Yeah. We can't afford it. <laughs> we, but if America does it, it's yeah, their business. That's good. So I just I think we need in the Red Book, we need uh, Al-Qaeda in the Nicaragua and Al-Qaeda in the Ethiopia. Can you put that in the book for me? Put it in the book now. Yeah. And how about that Any Boston? Other places you think they're going to be cropping up? Uh, no, those are the two for, for this show. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see... Uh, I love this. So, gee, Department of Homeland Security now admits that they had a, a drill planned for Boston with backpack explosives. Huh. I mean, what are the chances, John? Coincidence? I think not. What are the chances? Huh. How is this possible? It's astonishing. <laughs> I mean, How is this? Yeah, I'm, I'm asking the same question. I mean, it, it's funny because this happened in London with the bombing on 7-7. They were doing a drill with the exact same... Exact same locations. Uh, 9-11, uh, th- there was a, a drill taking place. Uh, and that's why NORAD didn't know what was happening. I mean, it's it's crazy. How, I mean, these coincidences that just drive me nuts. How does it happen? So the Egyptian Independent reports, the uh, expert says, the Ethiopian dam will damage Egypt's water supply. Yeah. Yeah, it'll, it'll deplete it to zero. The Grand Renaissance Dam would be a great harm to Egypt. The Grand Sorry said that Ethiopia had failed to provide sufficient blueprints and studies to support the project, accusing it of denying Egypt's historical right to the Nile. Now, according this, to C. Mike... Now, this is the Chinese, right? Yeah, the Chinas are, gonna, are bidding on the project. Yeah, they're it's, making trouble. AQHOA is Al-Qaeda in the Horn of Africa. Yeah, you know, C. Mike... I don't like that. This is not... Just a, no, it hasn't caught on. When, no, when people are like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, dude. It's been around for eight years. No, no, but this is not how it works in the media, okay? We have to have Al-Qaeda in the Ethiopias. That's how Americans remember things. And then we go... Yeah, Horn of Africa? Horn of Africa? What? <laughs> Where's Horn man, of... we don't even know what that means. <laughs> Where's Africa? Come on, man. We can't have that. Ethiopia... Because then we can we go know like about the Ethiopia because we've been shown pictures of starving yes, Ethiopians since we were little kids. Exactly, and then you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to pictures of starving kids. No, you've got something going on, and you need a distraction. Gets to go I like in. The fuzz tone yeah, on isn't that, that nice? Way. Yeah, that's a good effect. Clooney gets to go in, gets to hug some of those you know kids who are like skin over bones with flies on their face. <laughs> right, the flies. <laughs> right? Yeah, and they walk over their eyes. And... <laughs> that's that's a great video. <laughs> yeah, we did well on that one. That is, uh, is and we we laughing about this because that's exactly how it's done. It's exactly how it's done. It's so sickening. This is interesting. The um, something called the Global Child Delt Dental Fund. You know, there's a lot of uh, bitching and moaning about fluoridation of water, and I'm I'm certainly one of those. I I am against it. I'm pretty sure it's uh, a big 
uh, it's not really to to help us with our teeth. Uh, I think it should be elective. Austin fluoridates their water. We won't drink it. And I hate the fact that I have to shower with it because it gets into you all kinds of different ways. And the main way uh, fluoride gets into the water is it is a byproduct of uh, the aluminum process and other uh, industrial processes. And I found this. uh, Someone sent me this because there's so much pushback. The World Health Organization has now now supports a new program which has already been implemented in China, Peru, Thailand, and Thailand and the United Kingdom, and that is fluoridating the milk. Uh. <laughs> and uh, can't have raw milk, but we can have this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You can't have raw milk, but you can have your fluoridated pasteurized milk. <laughs> is that nuts or what? Yeah, it's pretty bad. The Alliance for Cab for Cavity Free Future. Why are why are people falling for this? It's just the way it works. They've got documentation. They have papers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they got papers. I think if you, why are people are falling on this? Here, falling for this. You, this one woman. There's a woman on Fox who just every time I hear her, she grates something. I've got to get. Uh, uh, what's it? The Five on Fox. Uh, this woman is a is just a word. This is the you were, have you finished reading the Nazi book yet? No, I'm not done. No, well, Miss Mickey, Miss Mickey came home. We've been busy, huh? So anyway, you should read the book. It's actually quite I'm, good. I'm I'm about forty um, percent through it. It's just I've had a little setback, but I'll get there. I mean, it's a great book. I'm loving it. And actually, excuse me, oh, I actually brought it up with with Mickey. I said, you know, you know, every single time, it's like I do what you do. So imagine we're in the late 30s here. We're sitting around the table in Germany. <laughs> and what are we talking about? How was your day, honey? What's going on? Anything happening? Yeah, that's exactly what we'd be doing. Yep. And then we'd be saying, hey, did you hear about they beat up a bunch of Jews? Yeah. Really? Really. Some Jews. Yeah, they probably deserved it. And some gays. They probably deserved it. I mean, I, I, I mean, we didn't, things have not been as, this is the best we've ever lived. I mean, they were living it up here. And so some, you know, this, these bullcrap stories, I don't know why people, this is the communists. They're trying to ruin it for us. I mean, that's the kind of conversation you'd probably that's what, have. That's what we'd be having, yep, for sure. So you have this one woman, Andrea Tonteros, who is a fill-in. She's never on the show, The Five. But when Guilfoyle's not there to show off her legs, <laughs> they got to bring her in. And they don't, by the way, show off her legs. In fact, when Guilfoyle's not there to show off her legs, they stop showing off legs because mm-hmm. per, Dana Perino, she, ref, oh, she's, no, no, she, you don't, you don't want, she, you don't want to see her legs. It's just, not and so good. she's, she's, well, she doesn't, she's doesn't. So this, doesn't, so this girl's kind of cute. She's, uh, let me see, she's brunette. She's very, she's actually kind of cute, but until you see her talk and you just see the evil. It, oh yes, no, I know who this is. Yeah, no, she's got a pointy nose and kind of devilish yeah, she, eyes. This is the way she commonly talks. When she's evaluating the situation, any situation whatsoever, screw all your rights, screw humanity, and just go with complaining about the Democrats and and and, and just listen to this idiot. Just, I, I just would love to know how the left expects us to go after terrorists and keep us safe, right? So what if is, they're not going to acknowledge a war on terror, if yeah. they don't like drone strikes, if they don't like enhanced interrogation, and now they're going crazy about the surveillance program, how do they propose that we go after terror? Apology. That's true. Be nice. Say kind things. Give speeches and Cairo. Pottery right. skills and tapestries. Well, she'll she'll be the first one on the list. We'll be cutting her hair off off after the war. 
<laughs> that, by the way, she's is a terrible person. Very esoteric joke for people who only really understand what that is. You have to uh, be reading this book. Yeah, then you know about cutting the hair off of the collaborateurs. I say that's yeah, horrible. It's horrible. Oh, there's a funny picture photoshopped of her head on a naked body. That's pretty funny. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bad shop job. Let me tell you that. Yeah, and no, this is horrible. This I'm seeing increasingly um, this whole balance between security and our civil liberties and our freedoms. And fine, fine. Do as you must. Say as you yeah. must. Put yourself in a freedom cage, right? The uh, free speech <laughs> cage, and uh, take your whistles away. Get the bullhorns out of there. Uh, and put yourself in handcuffs while you're at it, and that'll that'll save the day. We'll get to these terrorists that she's so worried about. Yes. There's so many of them that we're, buildings are collapsing as we speak. <laughs> no. Well, you know, of course, because of this, all of this stuff, and we, we're safe. We've been saved, saved from many, many calamities. She used to work on Capitol Hill, where she served as the press secretary to Republican leadership. Oh, okay. She was responsible for helping draft and execute the media strategy for the Republican majority back when. She likes. She also worked at CNN's Crossfire right, for former right, Regan right. pollster Richard whoever. Right. She likes uh, crossing her arms under her boobs for the picture and pushing them forward. It's a, it's a well-known trick. Is that what she does? Yeah, yeah. I'm just looking at it. Anyway, I, I know this. I know how this works. The Andrea Tantero show, please. Pathetic, all of them pathetic. It's all right, good. No one watches. Unfortunately, unfortunately, actually, people still watch Fox. I mean, Fox, I think Fox is the one that's got at least some ratings. Yeah. So uh, Pat Cadell, who is this guy who was on Fox, I think he was on Neil Caputo, uh, is that weird-looking character that that used to be a Democratic pollster. And he became a Republican or independent pollster. And he's got, like, eyeballs that go every which way. And he's got a beard. He's a really crazy-looking guy. And you've, you've seen him. Mm -hmm. I think he was reintroduced into the scene by Beck when he was at Fox. Okay. Anyway, Cadell uh, has some interesting numbers uh, in terms of some polls, polls, polling that's been going on recently. And he thinks that there's a huge, and I think that he might be right, a huge divide between idiots like this Tonteros and the and the public at large that is being completely ignored by everybody. I would say he doesn't say this, but I would say it's being ignored by everybody but Rand Paul, who is exploiting this whole. Oops, sorry, I don't know where that came from. He's exploiting the hole in the in the in the donut. Isn't it certain we're not listening to your conversation? Sixty-eight percent of Americans said they believe the government is. This so is, they're that cynical, that jaded, that alone. They're on everything. They have taken what the political class in Washington doesn't understand. There was an article in Politico Saturday saying, interviewing some establishment pollsters saying, oh, the government gets a pass because security. Uh-uh. All of this has conflated. Your point on the Saturday thing. The people are so far away so much further than the political class. But take that Rasmussen number. Let me tell you the stunning number, sub-number in that. Among people who on the on the Rasmussen index classify as mainstream America, the 65% or so of the country, 69% of them oppose this. Among the 
people who are in the political class, the 18, 20 percent, 71 are in favor. That is a 101 point difference. And yet everything we hear from Washington is how this is okay. We are seeing a breakdown politically, and you can see it in the, in, in the alliances, you know, where you have Dianne Feinstein with Saxby Chambliss and the McCain's, all these people say, oh, this is wonderful, good. The Wall Street Journal writes for the program. They oppose Obama. The New York Times, its favorite newspaper, or has been, I doubt it anymore, saying he's lost all credibility on this. We have something going on, and it's now a new political cusp. Huh. So what, you're, what I'm hearing here is that the, the, the propaganda machine is no longer working? That's what it sounds like. Yeah. It, or, or, or there's a secondary propaganda machine or there's or they or the, the public like they do in all uh, states where you have oppression. They just don't believe it anymore. And they're getting very upset. No, I like and this. So, this, this, is so then, this is good. This is good. This is very good. This very is the good. unicorns and rainbows that, that Mickey always wants. And I'm told I'm, I'm very happy. I am. And we, you and I have talked about this. I do believe that we are speaking to the majority of minds. They just haven't found us yet. No, we are. In fact, our opinions and our deconstruction, in fact, this show is if you took the public and everyone listened to it, the majority of people would would be on our side of the argument. Yes. And the minority would be these politicos that this crazy woman on Fox that we just ridiculed a minute ago (laughs) and all those the the so-called political class, because that's what they're involved with. They're a minority opinion about everything. Oh, hold oh on. we need more drone strikes. <laughs> what kind of a person would come out like this Tontero and say we drones are great? They're killing innocent people left and right. No. But She's I was a sick person to I, say that. I was talking more about, you know, I'm bicurious and people think that's great and we like MILFs and making fun <laughs> of them. You were talking about politics. I'm sorry, I was confused. Yeah, no. I got a, a Facebook yeah. message from uh, from one of my Obama bot friends here in Austin after this whole thing went down. This whole uh, and and you know what people will say is you know I'm actually not that far off from your views on the show. He said, "Oh, you mean just like no agenda, no bullcrap, don't kill people? That's a good the good starting point." Yeah, now, yeah, it seems like a good starting hmm. point. Yeah, so propagate the formula. Did you do? You know, a, have you done a Horowitz show? Because I, I have a question for you guys. I did not do it this week because Damn. I had to go pick up. Yeah, I had to go to the airport. Uh, because the Federal Reserve is doing something weird. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, and I, I have a note here. This is the actually the Chicago Fed. Um, so how many jobs do we need every single month in order to uh, be going to be creating jobs? Uh, we need 150 to break even. Okay. So, so we have to go over 150 because it could just a replacement. Sorry. Sorry. People dying no, is the 150. No, no, sorry. No, it's 150. No, sorry. I have here in front of me, it's in the show notes. You'll get a copy from the Fed. Front page of their newsletter. What is their newsletter called? The newsletter. It's called the newsletter. <laughs> Um, the Federal Reserve has indicated it will maintain monetary policy accommodation until the labor market has made substantial improvements. Given that unemployment remains relatively high, a substantial improvement in the labor market will require well above trend job growth. According to our analysis, job growth of more than about 80,000 jobs per month would put downward pressure on the unemployment rate down significantly from 150,000 to 200,000 during the 1980s and 1990s. We expect this trend to fall to around 35,000 jobs per month 
from 2016 through the remainder of the decade. Do you know what this is saying? Yeah, that means that people are going to die faster? No, it means that the, 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 the actual number of jobs available that would affect these numbers because people are out of the, you know, they're off the grid essentially. Yeah. Is going to drop dramatically. Yes. Meaning there's going to be this going to be worse than worse in terms yes. of homelessness and bums yes. on the street and people have to be rounded up and sent to camps. Yes. Maybe there isn't. Well, I'm not going to go there because I know that's bullshit. But wow, that's not good. Isn't that crazy? These estimates rely on several assumptions, notably about future labor force participation and immigration. Yeah, it's participation. Is yeah. Thing. But does that mean that less people will, will come to the country? No, no, I don't think that's it at all. It says future labor force participation and immigration. Okay, here I'm looking at shadow stats, and people should check this out always. Every once in a while, I'll go look there. And now we're seeing the uh, the unemployment, the official unemployment rates, the bullcrap ones, the U three and the U six. You know, right. shows good right. gains. We're working is going down, <laughs> going down. Everything's great. We're all and good. The, <laughs> we all and got the jobs. shadow stats one, which broke broke away in two thousand nine, going in the opposite direction, is now headed to twenty five percent, solidly. Yeah. So, and I think it'll get there. And see from the looks of it, it'll get there in one year. So all they got to do, but this this is great for the numbers. If they just lower those numbers, then it'll look like uh, unemployment goes down. Yeah, it's like the drug companies lower the number number of what you should have for cholesterol, and their right. sales go up, right? Because you got to take more of those right. pills, right? This doesn't sound very good, though. What they're what they're saying here? No, it doesn't sound good no. to me. Hmm. No, th- not unless you want riots in the street. No, oh, no. Okay. Good luck with that. <laughs> I, th- I think I also saw maybe it was the Shadow Stats guy and some other analysis. Uh, he's, you know, uh, American manufacturing jobs, of course, you know, there's a there's a cross. He basically had a chart. Oh, I wish I had. I'll look for it, see if I can put it in the show notes. Is a chart of the manufacturing jobs going down, like, like off a cliff. But then on the other side, there's this rocket of a almost hockey stick curve of a, um, of a line that goes up, which is food services. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, I was listening to a discussion on this the other day. So that yeah, most of the new jobs that are being created are being created at uh, fast, you know, food. fast food. Fast food. Fast <laughs> food. Quiznos, you get a job there. You get a job. This is all minimum wage, of course. Uh, there's a yeah, uh, Chipotle. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, <laughs> do you get free food, though, if you work there? When I was in uh, college, I think I had a part time job or a job for a while at Taco Bell. And yeah, you get free food. <laughs> did you work at Taco Bell? Yeah, I did. Did you did you work at the window? No, I was the cook in the back. Oh, <laughs> spitting in people's food like oh, yeah, bastard. totally. <laughs> really, I I bet you it's true too. No, I didn't do that. No. I think it's rude. Yeah. Okay. Ah well. Uh, okay. The only things I have left are uh, let's see. How, oh, I have some uh, scare the people with Al Qaeda stuff. If you okay. want that. See other people with that. We'll finish with scaring the people. No, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to do that because oh, no. No, no, no. No, because no, on the last show, I really messed up. We, I'll give you the choice, and you called it properly last time. Do you want to scare the people with crap Al Qaeda stuff or Toure on. Uh, <laughs> do you want Toure's rant that is. that? Actually, I have to say, I feel really bad because. He may be right. He's probably right. It's just the way he says it is just wow, kind of dividing. I, 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 no, I. 
I'll do neither. Not you're this right. This is a tough one. Hold on a second. No, I no, I'll, right. I'll, I'll do neither. Okay. I think it's better we just leave it. When you, we're on an upswing, um, right, I, I, yeah, I want to end on a positive note. Let's yep. blow this joint. Yep. Okay. Hey. There'll be no blowing of anything without me involved, okay? I want to end on a happy note because uh, our producers deserve that. Thank you all very much for uh, sending. Oh, I got it. Wait, I got an upbeat story. No, you don't. They yes, I do. Kid more- never misses school. Clip. <laughs> this will make everyone feel great. <laughs> I'm warning you, Dora. New tonight. Hey, we need some positive local news in our lives. A young boy is being honored by his school for not missing a day in six years. All right, Jazz, his name is Brandon Mosbacher, and he attends Green Acres Elementary School in Santa Cruz. Uh, he wanted to give, we wanted to give him a shout-out because, Jazz, he was not late once, never left early, and did not miss a single day of school from kindergarten and through fifth grade. We're talking about six years. So, Brandon, here is your shout-out. And we weren't the only ones who wanted to say, nice job. The post was really popular on our Facebook page this afternoon and this mm. evening. Wow, you must really like that mac and cheese. You clean the plate. <laughs> the kid wears a top hat. I know. <laughs> yes, everybody. That is the media that is talking to an ever-decreasing minority and some reason they still have all the money. It's fascinating how it works. No, I don't know how it works. I don't know how they do it. All right, so uh, we will be back on Sunday with more analysis, more deconstruction. Delete Adobe products from your drive. Ah, that's my recommendation. The gimp, no, <laughs> you're gonna have to deal with the gimp, John. I'm sorry. I'm not dealing with the gimp. You're gonna have to deal with the gimp because you just can't be using this stuff. What do you think? What do you think the chances are if you try to that now that it's all in the cloud that your creations are not looked at, huh? That? Huh? Speak up. Coming to you from the capital of the Drone Star State, Austin Tejas. In the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. We will be back again on Sunday with uh, all the stuff I just promised you right here on No Agenda. Adios, mofos. Dvorak.org slash N-A